Welcome to Tutors of Life podcast, where we research life so you don't have to. Episode 181. This is your host, Sean Tudor. And this is Sam. And AJ. Sweet. AJ's joining us today. Yeah. Yeah. What do yeah. you got for us, Sam? Uh, today, we are going to promote your guys' event. Sweet. Right? That's the plan? And just chat. I don't know Sweet what you chat. told AJ what we were doing today. We're just, we're just going to wing it. We're, we're just chatting. Okay. See where life takes us. He did mention the old Recon 23 mm-hmm. promotion. Talk about that a bit. We can start with that, and then we can go hog wild after that. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Okay. So when is it? April 22nd, at starting at 8 a.m. at Metropolis in Eau Claire. AJ and I are hosting Recon. 2023. How do you spell Recon? R-E-I-C-O-N. That was State Investment. Convention? Conference. 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 Oh, okay. It's like cool shit, dude. Recon's so sick. It's so cool, but that's why I wanted you to spell it, because it's not the normal, like, Recon way. Yeah, when you said Recon, I was like, Recon, how the fuck does that have anything to do with real (laughs) estate? (laughs) And then you, like, typed it out for me. I was like, damn, that's cool. Mm Mm-hmm. So who do you have speaking? Good show. Uh, so we got Audrey Borcharding starting out. Uh, she'll be discussing vision, which will be really good. And then um, after Audrey, we have Mark Dolfini. Following up after lunch is Mike Morawski. And then ending the event is Dan Schwartz. Cool. I so like you only talked about Audrey and what she's talking about. All right, uh, <laughs> Mark Delfini is talking about like time management and how to how to kind of like the four hour work week aspect, so real estate doesn't run your life. Um, so being like time free in real estate as as much as you can, right? Because it's more of like real estate, as AJ knows, is like horizontal income instead of vertical income, where Vertical income, you have to like work hourly to get. Mm-hmm. Horizontal income, it's not necessarily hourly you have to work, but you still have to put work in to receive that income. Right. Like AJ and I don't just have properties because we have properties. We had to. Yeah, that's one thing people look at real estate as passive income. There's ways you can run it more passive than not, but even if you have property management running your stuff, someone still has to manage property management right so mm-hmm. there's you're never in my opinion you're never truly hands off and you're still needing to watch make sure stuff's being done but absolutely so we're starting out you guys did talk about talk about audrey yep so audrey's doing vision so reason we decided really wanted her to cover vision to start so i think some people get caught up on the hype of you know real estate making money blah 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 mm-hmm. but they don't really look into okay what is it going to take to get 100 deals done and does that match what your vision truly is for your life so start out with her so people can stop and think what do i want my life to look like do i want my life um to revolve around trying to get 100 doors in a year two years whatever that looks like or do you need 100 100 doors at all so right just to kind of look at that yeah yeah i like that a lot um so and after mark and, and talking about time freedom in real estate then we have mike murowski And Mike is going to discuss uh, multifamily investing, things you should do, and things you should not do in multifamily investing, which would be a lot of fun. That'd be good. I think that's good for like 
some of the people we know in real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there are a lot of rules and stuff that I don't think people are aware of. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people just like shiny object around for the next thing, which is nice to have Audrey speak first. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like going into multifamily investing, how to properly syndicate or partnerships, things like that is really good. Mm-hmm. It would be really good. Um, yeah, he's definitely, like we've talked, He's he's been down some paths that uh-huh. he doesn't shy away from me. He definitely talks about his past and yeah. how it's helped him actually grow into a better person, better investor, better syndicator, everything. So along with that, too, we are going to be doing breakout sessions after each speaker just to yep. network a bit. Um, the speakers will have tables set up. Yep. So it's not going to be, I mean, it's going to be tons of content, but we also have learned just, just from hosting our monthly meetings that about the hour 15, hour, hour 15 of content mm-hmm. is enough. People want to get up and mm-hmm. network a bit. So Yep, mingle. And then everyone can go check out Booths, see if um, anyone's offering services that they're interested in. Like the uh, the gentleman we met at Ria Coffee last week. Yeah. Um, he's already got some money in syndication deals. And there will be at least one, if not a couple, um, booths for syndications there. And so it'd be a really good way for individuals at a higher level looking for, like that is passive, looking for passive income yep. um, to, to meet with syndicators or whatever it is. Um, Do we talk about what syndication is in the past? Maybe just give uh, a ref- yeah. refresher what syndication is. Yeah, ref- so syndication is truly just dumping money with a, a firm usually that invests your money. They try to tell you roughly what the percentage is. That is never a guaranteed percentage. Um, you know, just like investing in the stock market, you can have pretty good indicators of what that return is. But as far as a guaranteed return, they're not usually going to do that for you. But usually they're in a business to understand how to run their numbers. So they're pretty good at getting their return. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what syndication is kind of like you're saying that is really the only passive way of doing it because you're just you know collecting your check and then if there's a buyout period whatever there's other ways of doing it but right absolutely and then wrapping up the event is that'll be dan schwartz and that'd be pretty exciting i'm really excited for dan schwartz yeah i'm really excited for all of our speakers but yeah. to get this on board um this again is just power of network so we had someone else that had verbally committed yep. their April end up, end up being way too busy. So we just reached out like, hey, do you have anyone that you would suggest to help with uh, basically laying out a... So he's basically covering how to uh, grow your business, but then also put different um, streams of... Uh, what am I looking for? Like automation into your business. Mm-hmm. So he is the uh, founder of Investor Fuse. Mm-hmm. Investor Fuse sold out to Carrot, which is another huge platform. Was that two years ago, did he say? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So he can definitely go through the process of building a business. Um, he also has something to offer in his 80-20 mm-hmm. process, which he'll cover in more detail. So. Yeah, so I looked in that 80-20 group, um, his coaching group, and it's pretty sweet. It's... uh. He'll have a booth there for it, which will be really good. But it does what he did, and he's done multiple times, and he just teaches it on how to systemize your real estate company, what people to put in what roles, 
and how to pull yourself out of the business to be the owner and not the operator, mm-hmm. which is really sweet. Really yeah, cool. so brace on to that common saying of working on your business, not in your business. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for that because um, I selfishly want that for myself. So uh, I'm really excited for him to speak. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the, going backwards a little bit, that you're going to have uh, breakout sessions in between each speaker. Because that's like one thing I think at every event Sean and I have gone to, I like wish they did. Because like the only time you get to converse with people and try and network is like lunch or after right. the fact. And a lot of times like the last one was... It was really cool because they were giving away $10,000 to someone who really needed it. Yeah. That was um, cool. So, like, everyone was, like, promoting their businesses, and it was really cool. Uh, but that one was also fun because you, you very quickly learned who was a very selfish person and who was not. Dude, that was that was <laughs> sick. So, yeah, they were like, the last event was like, hey, I want you guys to network. You guys will tell us who needs a $10,000. So, like, go learn about people. And so we can give away 10 grand. And um, the the people who were pitching, you almost knew that's who you didn't want to give your money to. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? The people who were like, man, I really need this money because of this and this. And I'm doing this. And it's just like, I am not giving you a dollar. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because so it's supposed to go cool. to like someone who they spent their last bit of money to get to that event. Uh-huh. And like the one guy we were talking to, like, he obviously was, like, very much, like, doing well. Yeah. He just wanted it to, like, jumpstart his business even further. Uh-huh. And, it, like, just the way he talked about it, and I was just like, no, dude, you're the most selfish person I've ever met. Yeah. That's like, crazy. It was very entertaining. You know what? That's kind of boils down to, we've talked about this in the past, too, you know, people, you know, talking about how great they are as well. Right. Right? Like, you don't have to do that. Right. 100%. People will do it for you. 100%. Um, so, same thing. If you truly need something it's usually going to be out there. Like if it seems like people can just pick up on that, you don't have to sit there and beg or, you know, it seems like the one, usually the ones that are the loudest are the pretty much almost every time the loudest are the ones that don't need it. Don't need to be loud or like, no, sorry. They need to be loud because they don't have people being loud for them. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they do it because that goes into like the ego thing of, you're looking for self-validation because other people aren't giving it to you. Right. So if I'm just being me and AJ's like, oh, yeah, Sean does this and whatever. And I'm like, oh, thanks, man. Then, like, you validate me because that's what I'm doing with my life. Now, if I'm cutting into your conversation with someone going, oh, I flip real estate and this is what I do. I was looking for you to boost my ego. But you didn't, so I boosted my own ego. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of what I just posted on Instagram. Was like, be the bright light in the distance. So okay. like, you don't yeah, have to yeah. be like, you don't have to be the bright shining star right in people's faces. You don't have to be the loudest person in the room. Right. But if I you're like, like that. that star in the distance, that like people are like, I know I can go to that person because like people gloat about the stars that are far away. Right. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You know, you can break that down into social media too, right? Like oh, chase shit. that rabbit down that hole as far mm-hmm. as with you know, <laughs> people posting stuff and literally being addicted to how many likes they have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or, yeah, like posting the good shit all the time. Not which, posting the bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's cool. Plenty of that, isn't there? There's a lot of that. I've like thought about posting some of our fails on Instagram. I go all day, babe. I can go all day with fails. Mm-hmm. They're all just, I don't know. It's it's uh like in our because we do CCV with Rob Bailey, and he starts out all of his calls. He starts out with housekeeping and then goes right into wins and losses. And so every call he's saying like how he won that week and how he fucked up that week. Yeah. And there's some weeks where he lost like all across the board. Yeah, dude, just like lost, 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 and he's like, my win is um I got to go to the ranch for. An afternoon, <laughs> it's like, damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you guarantee he's sitting in the background too, looking at those losses and why they're losses and making adjustments so they're mm-hmm. not a loss. Oh yeah. yeah, he's the one with the. It's like the backwards vision board. Yeah, so he has a vision board of all of his problems, and he like has to or he figures out how to solve all those problems. Mm-hmm. So he can check them off that board. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's got his, like, vision board where he's going, but then he's got his problem vision board, and that's, like, his day-to-day thing that runs him is his problems. Nice. Yeah. Should we just... wrap up one more thing on... Uh... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. On, uh... <laughs> Recon. Recon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got our big sponsor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huge. Great. So uh, Legends Title came through for us, mm-hmm. which I love using Legends Title. I never have to worry about anything. They do the work for me. I don't get phone calls emails of needing this needing that when literally that's your job you can handle it you have the information you need to reach out they always take care of that so i've dealt with them since you know 12 years ago when i first invested that's why i closed with oh and i've seen all the family as well that runs it so just printed off the sheet that we had for sponsorship ran down there um and rana was right between closing so she hurried up and looked at it super quick Said, I'll call you, you know, you can count on me, and called and asked what the main sponsors that I talked about was, Mm -hmm. and said, ah, EJ, you know, you can count on us to do that, so I was like, sweet. That's super cool. So laying out the event, let's talk about how that whole thing went down. All right. uh, Oof, it's been a lot of work. Yes, it has. It has. So yeah, originally, it was originally, maybe it was December, I think, December. You asked me if uh, I ever had interest in doing a one-day event. And I was like, hmm, let me think about it. And then like a day later, I was like, yeah, we could probably do that. And in my brain, I'm thinking, well, we already host a monthly Whiskeria. Like, it's not going to be much more. It'll just be like the same thing. Boy, was I wrong. (laughs) So when we talked about it, too, we are like, you know, we should just put it out there. So we did. We announced it. Yeah. Uh, I think we announced it first on Wiscoria, our Facebook page. Yep. And we announced it at an event. And yep. then it was like, well, crap. Now we have no choice. We got to do it. Mm-hmm. So then the work began. <clears throat> a lot of work began. A lot of work like, began. Who are we going to do for speakers? And we yep. wanted wanted some bigger speakers. Mm-hmm. And I definitely feel like we got the cream of the crop for speakers that were available to us. Like I, I think so. I absolutely think so. I think... Uh, we got we got very fortunate with the speakers we had. They're they're big speakers in their realm, and I like it because they're very they're all very much tied to real estate, like one hundred percent tied to real estate. Mm-hmm. Where where we could have got, and that that's so great with Wiscoria because we could have gotten speakers that weren't all 
real estate. You know, speakers that talk about vision, but not related to real estate. People that talk about systemizing, but not systemizing real estate, right? And so we're very fortunate to get like big hitters in the real estate world to come speak. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not a, what did Mike say to us? It's not a hoorah kind of event. It's an actual learning event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who would say to that? Uh, we met this guy, Mike Crossan, who's, yep. uh, he's in CCV, but he does uh, digital marketing. Digital marketing, yep. And he told us, like, because we went to RSA in Nashville, and so did he. And he's like, yeah, I just didn't really like it. It was kind of more of like a, a hoorah event. Yeah. And not like a, I'm learning all this information. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of our reasoning, too, for, you know, you mentioned doing the breakout sessions because I've had that a lot of stuff that I went to in the past. By the end, for the networking stuff, hate to say it, but I'm like, networking quick, I'm ready to get out of there, mm-hmm. for the yeah. especially in one day event, you know. It's just, so, um, what else are we having? We're having a DJ for the whole day? Yep, so we had to, we had to get a DJ, um, lucked out with a really good DJ. So huge shout out to Paul Wilkes, yeah. uh, all occasions DJ service. They did our wedding. Um, I've known him for many years. But mm-hmm. what else we got, Sean? Really good guy. Um, we got uh, Mitch Stam for photography and videography, um, which would be which would be really great. And then we're gonna he's uh, cutting up all the videos and everything for us, uh, so that we'll have clips to keep posting throughout the year on how the event went, so we can promote the next event. Yeah. So we're looking for the next event. Of course, man. You got it. Are you going to do one once a year or twice a year? Oh, I just think one one main event once a year. We'll start out with that. See how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like the uh, they asked Tom Brady what his favorite Super Bowl ring was in an interview. And he said the next one. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's smart. I love that shit. Right. Love that shit. Um, so, yeah, of course, there'll be more. There'll be more. Um, so then after photogra- photographer and videographer um, had to nail down a location, um, the location had to be big enough for 200 guests. Um, need to be, we wanted to have like a bar attached and catering um, because if we could kind of check all that off with the location, that was a lot less we had to coordinate, um, which worked out great. Shows Metropolis. Um, because their event center is right across from the restaurant and the bar, and they can cater and everything for us. Plus, for anyone coming out of town, we have uh, a black hotel rooms. Yeah. So. Yep. Oh, that's really nice. I didn't yeah. know about that part. Yep. We should get that put in the website. Yeah, let's get that yeah. link out there. So if uh, anyone has questions on that, we can get mm-hmm. that. Um, so that all, that all actually went kind of relatively smooth, getting a lot of that. The speakers things was a little more... Uh, ups and downs and we're we're focusing on getting sponsors now um but again with that you know going back to network we could have panicked and be like oh crap our main kind of the, our main one that we were really hammering on except mm-hmm. for now it was already kind of locked in at the point backed out on us so to speak mm-hmm. he didn't really back out he verbally said, yeah. verbally committed but said he had to check his schedule and two weeks later came back and said hey guys i'm way too busy mm-hmm. two things that we can do right panic and go in every which direction to find someone new mm-hmm. or just go right to the source and say, Hey, who do you got? That would be a great speaker to cover the same mm-hmm. topic, yeah. topic that you're going to. And Absolutely. he came back with Dan Schwartz and then said, Hey, if that doesn't work, I do have one other one you can reach out to. So, yeah. 
No, that's, I mean, that was the best thing you could have done is, is reach back out and ask. This you know. Fucking bag. Hey, Sam, what do we got going here? <laughs> 100% Mimi came here to play. Um, oh, my God. If you guys watch the video, she's going hog wild now. She went and got her and lamb. Found the lamb. This so this is what happens. We try to lock Mimi out because we know when there's a guest, she loves playing. And sure enough, she goes and gets <laughs> the fucking lamb. Yep. Oh, I love it. Um. <laughs> so then, the I would say the the other part. So all that stuff kind of actually was all right because for you and I, it's just networking, talking to people, emails, things like that. So that wasn't the end, like too bad. The I'd say the little more hiccup was like getting the landing page done, um, getting the landing page done, and getting uh, marketing and social media content and all that stuff rolling. That was a little more of a a headache. Yeah. So next race, we have to hammer on that and get uh, get Ace, our assistant. Yep. Busting more of that stuff out, but I'd say for me. What else was kind of stressful? Registration. That's going to be interesting to see how that goes. I was. I think, think a lot of people are just going to show up. I was afraid of that this morning. Um, this morning, I was actually sitting. I was reading my book this morning, and I, it like popped in my mind. I was like, "Fuck, dude! Like, if people don't register, that's going to suck because they're not going to have lunch. Like, they're not, mm-hmm. you know, because like in order to get, because we're doing everything based on however many registries we get." Um, will like supply lunch for them. And so if people don't register, dude, and you show up, you might not get fucking Danish. You might not get lunch, dude. It is mm-hmm. right. kind of is what it is. Um, where can they register? Um, so on Wiscoria. So you can go to wiscoria.com, go to events, scroll down April 22nd, you'll find that event. Um, and then you just click on there and register. Super if you're a member, it's free. If you're not, it's 99 bucks. Our mm-hmm. goal for this is for a membership drive. So yeah. we're, we're not pocketing Any. a cent out of this. Yeah. If anything, we'll be pulling money out of our pocket to <laughs> yeah, negative pocketing. <laughs> make it all go to plan. But yeah. Um, which is, I mean, that's like, right, we do this for like give back. We don't do right. whiskery. Same anything. thing we did for Christmas party. Pull exactly. money out of our pockets to yeah. make you it work. Should, uh, Make sure Ace is like posting like every other day. Like register for this event now. Register for this event. It's a really good idea. So we know we have it every week. I think, but yeah, I think twice a week would be yeah. Good. Yeah, I would do a couple more times. We also need to and uh, get maybe can do one next week with um, the speakers. Do have them mm. do videos with us. Just yeah. a Zoom call and record it. Promote it that way because obviously all those speakers have pretty good base of network. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's a really good point. And all but one is, you know, within driving distance. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Maybe which should be able to pull in people from their locations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be very fun. We're not promoting Tutors of Life there, are we, Sean? No. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why would Sean? <laughs> Sean goes, no. Sean, tell me why you would not promote because you know what i used to always bring it up at the whiskey events i know well, now you we guys never do well now we don't have the haves and wants so damn when are we supposed to bring it up i suppose sean well, your host you can just be yeah. like oh if you want to learn more about real estate listen to my podcast yeah i should i really should i am gonna make a i haven't done it yet but on our tutors of life website i'm gonna make a tab for 
real estate podcast episodes. Mm. People can just find them directly on there. Mm-hmm. I just haven't done it yet. It's coming. So why do you say no to that, Sean? Oh, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm, I'm like shy to promote myself. I don't know. Is there a certain reason? Ah, uh, I don't know. Like, I honestly, like when people talk about it, I'm cool. I'll just tell them about the, the podcast and all that. I just don't like, uh, I don't go to self-promote. I always like, like we said earlier, I let other people do it for me. Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I, sh- I should. Mm-hmm. I should do that. It's one thing to, I think it's one thing to self-promote. It's another thing to sit up there and self-promote with arrogance. Yeah, that's true. If you go up there and say, you're the best damn podcast, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because when we networked at Rob's event, um, people had asked, like, what we do. So Sean would say he did the house flipping thing, and yep. then I ran the podcast. Yep. So yep. We, we obviously promoted it then. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder if there's any, like, political reasons. Either. Oh, no, dude. I don't give a shit, dude. Good. Um, I'd like to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> dude. If you don't like me because I don't, because I'm not liberal, that's so be it. Right. It ain't no thing. I believe in, dude. I believe in freedom. I believe in fucking low taxes. Um, and I believe in small business. Like, so nothing liberal. So do not. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's nothing liberal. Like, right. period. And so, and I tell everyone that. Like, we at, we had a we had a nursing home this week. We were, we had a nursing home, and I was talking to a an older guy and, a, and an older lady and they asked me about something political it was something about obama wasn't it it was oh yeah because michelle obama wander uh, has been like talk about running for office michelle obama and uh they're like how'd you like obama and i was like yeah i think he did some good things and i think he did some not so good things and they're like yeah that's every president and i'm like yeah pretty much and the the older guys like except the current one what good has that come and i'm just like you're fucking 95 dude how do you even know what's going on well in yeah. a memory it's like a president <laughs> yeah well seriously does he know what's going on i was more impressed because <laughs> he it was in the memory care unit so they're all a little kooky yeah there. yeah and then the uh the lady next to me uh said something about trump and how she didn't like trump and i was like yeah she's like did you like trump i was like you know i really like low gas i like low taxes i like promotion of small business i like freedom so i was like yeah i liked a lot of the shit he was doing so when a lot of people talk about it to me i'm like okay but what didn't you like about his policies right. like literally what yep. policy did he have that you did not care for mm-hmm. and usually that is uh, a dead stop on conversation because they really can't think of anything outside of that. Oh, Trump's a racist. Okay, what did he do that was racist? Yeah. Well, 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 yeah, nothing. Okay, how about historical funding for black colleges? Like, right. And now that's wiped away. No one talks about that. No. Like, that was wiped away first week under the current administration. Long term funding for historical black colleges was wiped off <laughs> the map. But yet, Jeez. Trump's Damn. the racist piece of crap. Right. Dude, my the favorite part that? about yeah. all of that shit was a. Uh, there were some riots somewhere, um, and Trump like mentioned something about like how we shouldn't be doing this. Like, uh, this community is destroying their own or whatever. Mm. And people are like, "Oh, he's so racist for this." And then four years earlier, Obama said the exact same thing about a different city with riots for the exact same yeah. reason. And it's just like it was okay that he did it four years earlier when he was president, but it's not okay that this guy's saying it. Right. Yeah. It's very entertaining. And I try to catch myself. To not be so hypersensitive to 
shit that current administration is doing, right? Because it's like, okay, how is that any different than people that hated Trump? Yeah, right? yeah. So I try to look at stuff with open eyes, but it's pretty challenging. Mm. Yeah. If you haven't catched, uh, we're done talking about recounts. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might touch back on it here and there, but whatever. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> if you only want to listen to the recon portion. No, no, no. They're fine. They're going to keep listening. <laughs> All right, um, no, so what's what like something really big on that front that people don't think about is how does it affect us Mm, right mm -hmm. and so people will see trump making mean tweets and they get really upset they'll see in the media that he's this worst guy ever and they'd be really upset but how was your day today affected was it for a net positive or a net negative so when gas was 99 cents was that helping or hurting your life? When groceries were like at an all-time low, was that helping or hurting you? When you were getting tax breaks, was that helping or hurting you? And then on the contrary to now, with we've had the highest gas prices ever in American history. Is that helping or hurting you? Um, they got rid of the tax credits. The the uh, it was like the child tax credits, a portion of it. Oh yeah, um, they lowered it. They lowered it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that helping or hurting the average family? Um, but they have all the talking points, so that's all that matters. Like people are so right. brainwashed and such have such hatred, like pounded down their throat that that's literally. I don't think they can sit there and think. When I have to fill my car up for seventy five dollars, right? It's you would think that would hurt and make you question mm-hmm. what the hell is going on, right? And why? You know, I talk about too with gas prices. Well. You know, we have to come up with alternative sources. If you want to look at alternative sources, perfect. Do it. Yeah, 100%. Let's do it responsible. Like, okay, batteries clearly aren't the way because look at the waste produced by that. Look at the mining process that happens through I just saw a video on that. Like, how to make lithium batteries is like... Child slave labor. No. Well, yeah. yeah. But it's like worse. Just to make one single battery is worse than like... entire car's lifespan right no that they can't be recycled right lithium is non-recyclable at this point so what happens with that like you again i'm all for alternative sources and you want to start looking at that stuff cool i think solar has a place Mm -hmm. right but is it is it the end all be all probably not because what happens you have wicked snowstorms or right you know and look at for wind wind power sounds cool Mm mm-hmm what happens to those big-ass propellers? They have a lifespan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those don't get recycled. They get buried in a huge... Like, so when I talk about being green, like, right. let's look at the full life cycle of stuff, not mm-hmm. just... Well, and you know what? sounds good. You know what those propellers need? Oil. Yeah. Hundreds of gallons <laughs> of oil to operate. Right. Um, yeah. It's... I like that a lot. and And it goes into... That right there goes into like personal development and financial freedom. Freedom, because I would say one of the first things. So a lot of people don't like speaking out on these things or like not wearing the masks and things like that because they're afraid of losing their job or they're afraid of like how people will feel about them, right? And so, if instead you had you like your own small business or you're self-employed, or you have real estate, or whatever it is, you have a way that you have financial freedom, right? 
you can kind of say whatever you want because you're not afraid of like not being able to pay the bills. You live within your means. You're paying your bills. Um, the same thing with like fuel and, and energy. If we were like self-sufficient in fuel and energy, then we could take our other assets and resources and look for better ways to make that system better instead of oh, we are dependent on everybody. So if we piss off too many people or we don't do deals with Russia anymore, now our oil goes way up. Well, that's some shit. Why don't we use our oil and not worry about them and take that excess money and excess headache and find alternate Right, we shut down our own pipelines, but yet then we approve pipelines in other countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What kind of crap is that? Mm -hmm. And especially based on the premise that they were shutting ours down. Right. Like you're shutting ours down because of the safety concerns, whatever else. But yet, I guarantee we have more processes in place to be safe with our pipeline than that's happening in other countries. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, and like the whole, uh, what was the one in, was it North Dakota? Okay. The, the big one? Yeah. Uh, da, 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 why can't I think of the Keystone. N- Thank you. Because uh, they stopped that one. And because they didn't finish it, the old pipeline leaked oil into their lake or whatever that they were so worried about with mm-hmm. this new pipeline. But if they would have let the new one finish, right. that issue would have Because essentially have sensors and everything else. So if there was loss of pressure, they, they have valves every so often to shut down is my understanding. So mm-hmm. it's like you're, again, you, like you said, you stop new technology, yep. which creates an issue. Mm-hmm. Like just mind boggling. Yeah. <laughs> I love <Dude>. it. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Great. Uh, I also saw a post earlier about like a sustainable household, um, like how there's so many more natural things we could do for houses, like running more pipes throughout the house to like naturally heat the house mm-hmm. with like hot water. Yeah. And then you can uh, do like a compost and with the compost, you can collect the methane, mm-hmm. which you can use to heat the water. Yeah. Compost actually produces a shit ton of heat too yeah like just compost piles yeah obviously the breakdown process creates heat and also like you said methane yeah so no one talks about doing stuff like that like even gray water right right there's no reason we shouldn't have gray water recycling in the united states mm-hmm. yes why yes stop using the bullcrap chemicals that we use in everyday products mm-hmm. use more natural products you should be able to recycle your gray water 100 mm-hmm. percent. you uh, you would absolutely think so yeah but all those things you guys are talking about lowers the cost of living, and we can't have that. Yeah, because right, then... dependency. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's have it. Let's force it. And we're we're we'd stop the rich from getting richer. Exactly. Because. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry, this news story popped up the other day. I already told Sean about this, agent. Dude, the biggest chicken farm, uh, like chicken egg company in the U.S., profited. Their profits were 718% higher last year. You're telling me there's a chicken egg shortage when your profits are 718% more? Hell no. That's some good profit margin. Speaking of chickens, we're going to have chickens. Are you? April 21st is actually when we pick them up, I think. Hell yeah, dude. Dang. So we're doing it, and my wife is like, well, don't we got to get permits? I was like, pardon my French. I don't like to swear a lot, but sometimes I swear. (laughs) I was like, fuck that. If the city wants to come tell me I need a permit... I'll worry about it from it at that point. Why? I'm having hens. They're not going to be up, you know, making all kinds of racket in the morning. Right. 
why? Why can't I have, we have over half acre in the city. Yep. You've, you've been to our buyer house, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have huge, huge yard. Oh yeah. Why can't I have chickens? 100%. Screw yeah. you, I'm having chickens. Yeah. Yeah, because my uh, coworker, Brooke, I think you've met Brooke. Her oh, yeah, neighbor yeah. has like mm-hmm. eight chickens. Yeah. And they live just off, right off of Bird Street. They have a 0.2 acre lot and they have eight chickens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give a fuck, dude. Yeah. yeah. 0.55. So, yeah, we got to. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. You should probably get both 16 of those guys. We're going to five because that's nice. supposed to be the rule. But Sure. Nah, yeah, I was wondering because I thought it was like, th- I thought it was three. So, tell the story of this, the in Switzerland, the three. Oh, that one. Uh, I did figure out what, actual, what was the actual country. Were they giving chickens to every resident? Yeah, yeah there was yeah, like a so city in some European country that yeah. they offered three chickens to everyone in the city. Yep. And about, what, a third of the population took them? No, two-thirds of the population took them. More, more people than not took them. Yeah. And they're like just weight, like food waste and mm-hmm. the, all the stuff going to the dump went down by half. Yeah. Uh obviously the price of i think it was a lot of different foods went down actually yeah 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 the um the net positive to like the economy even though the farm even though the farms weren't doing the producing of the eggs near as much they only had to produce like one third the amount of eggs the amount the country the amount the city saved on waste um was up so high that it was a net positive Mm -hmm. um for like the saving of the not to mention, obviously, the people with the fucking chicken are saving money. Yeah. Right? They're getting their eggs. They're feeding their uh, scrap food to the chickens. They're cleaning it up. Mm-hmm. It's just a beautiful cycle of life. Right. As soon as the egg cycle drops, you have some meat. If they're a good oh, yeah. Absolutely. Food, so. Absolutely. Yeah. It just, like, blew my mind that, like, just their waste in general went down. Mm-hmm. Like, all waste went down. Not only that, like, I grew up with chickens, pigs. No. I think that's really it as a kid. Mm-hmm. But there's, you could definitely, like, that is a great thing for a child True. to have that responsibility to take care of. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no yeah. reason. Told the kids we were doing that. And, of course, they saw a little chicks. Oh, they're so cute. I was like, yeah, they'll be on our dinner plate at some point. Yeah, my God, <laughs> Macy was like, Dad, they're too cute. We can't. Yeah, I, that's just the cycle. That's They'll probably be one that you hate that you'll be happy to eat at that one. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's what we did that, too, because we, we, growing up, we had, we had chickens and we had pigs. We had some ducks. Um, Did you get the cow like after you graduated? Yeah, after I graduated, my dad <laughs> bought a cow. Weirdo. Um, he bought a cow to slaughter for meat, and it ended up being a sow. So the guy that sold the the guy that sold the steer, the male cow, to my dad, been a farmer his whole life. He's like, yeah. And um, my dad called him and was like, hey. Um, the the cow's name was Jason. Uh, Jason's got udders, and he's like, "What the fuck?" And so <laughs> they go over there like, "Shit, Jason's pregnant." Oh, and so oops. then uh, Jason had Daisy, and then I think they slaughtered Jason. Still, and then imagine the trauma you caused by calling that cow Jason, bro. Can you? <laughs> Jason was so offended. Jason was like, "Jason tasted good," and. Uh, then, I like how you didn't even use Jason to like milk, like n- right? No, they did. Oh, for a little while. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Yep. I just only met Daisy, so Gosh, the trauma. Sure. Yeah, trauma, man. <laughs> um, but so, so yeah. But growing up, as soon as Kyle and I were old enough, we took care of the chickens, we took care of the pigs, and then, like, 
throughout the year we would kill roosters um so we you know chop their head off all that good shit and Watch then running around with no head we we hung hang them up oh. um so we tie them up by their feet cut their head off with and the then they just flop around yeah, that's what, yep and then we would uh get all the fucking feathers off and then we would uh, put them on a rotisserie and and make some rotisserie chicken dude i love your aunts and uncles that like throw roosters at each other so like lots of shots of aunts and uncles have yeah. chickens up there yeah something fucking every time they like get a batch of chicks or whatever yeah. and sometimes they get some roosters in there so then they'll like just pass off the rooster to the next they'll like <laughs> like in the night or like whatever they'll drive by and they'll like throw it into the pen of like one of the other family members uh. and they'll be like how the hell did I come home and I got two extra roosters? And they're like, I don't, that's really random. How crazy is that? <laughs> that's so stupid. That's hilarious. Um, but I think like you were saying, that is such good things for kids to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the discipline growing up with right. that. Yeah. And responsibility and stuff is really good. And they see life cycle. That's important. Right. Yeah. Get some pigs next, dude. <laughs> no. Right in the city, can you imagine that? Oh my God, that'd be bad. That's something we've talked about, probably a three to five year plan of being out of the shithole city of Eau Claire. Yeah. Yep. See, we can, see, you can pick up a move. Telling you. Where are you heading, bro? I don't know. Probably within 15 to 20 minutes of everything. Boom, babe. Fine. So we don't need, you know, I don't need 40 acres. Right. But like at least five, which is getting harder and harder. Yeah. Yeah. You even think about now living in the city. It's still a 10 minute drive, 15 minute drive to get to Woodman's or, you know, anywhere else. So, yeah. but assuming the kids would want a dirt bike sometime or something yeah. like that, we'd be able to rip around and yeah, shoot guns, whatever else we want without having to worry about next door neighbor. Obviously right. not shooting guns in the city, but you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a couple places in Kadat, Sam and I are interested in getting um, down the line and it's about 25 minute drive to town. To, to the center of town yeah um but then again it's like most places it's 10 minutes anyways so you're mm-hmm. adding 15 minutes but you get um one of the places we we know the owners of and we talked to it's like 80 acres and the other one's like 70 acres and so it's like dude live on seven, 80 or 70 acres you know fuck maybe we try and get them up both 150 why not um but then to like have that serenity and that like your own spot you can have your chickens, you can have your pigs, you can have some fucking goats or cows. No one's going to say shit, dude. Right. And then you just... You don't worry about your taxes being jacked up at an right. ungodly rate. Mm-hmm. Right. You have a well, so you're not drinking fluoride. Right. Fucking... Oh, and estrogen. Did you hear that latest one? I'm not surprised, dude. Because of the hormonal birth control, the pills. Yeah. So obviously, like, women are excreting that right. estrogen... And then it goes to a water treatment plant, which can't take out the estrogen. Jesus fuck, dude. It always get labeled as like, especially my in-laws and stuff, right? Because I'm always, I get pissed, literally pissed when the kids have non-filtered water. Yeah. It's just, no, we we got water. Or they yeah. give them bottled water. So I'm like, what's the standard for that bottled water? There is nothing. Nothing. Probably came out of a tap, freaking. Yep. yep. And then they and charge. Right. You know, two dollars for that bottle. That's how long it's been sitting in that plastic. Who knows how much that's right? Yeah, whatever leached into the the water supply. Yep. And you can tell they just get annoyed. I'm like, you? How are you that 
blind to the right. shit that's in our water supplies, mm-hmm. like our food, everything. everything. How can you not? Right. Like Macy, you know, she's only five. Grandma makes great food. Like, yeah, it might taste good, but it ain't good. It ain't good for you, dude. Mm-mm. That's something Sam and I are fucking huge on. Is like, what are we eating? Like, what? What's the shit that's in it? Like mm-hmm. most shit, dude. If there's more than five ingredients, you ain't in a good spot. Right. You need to find something like healthier, more natural. Right. And uh, we were really happy to find out we go to Coviza. You know, a pizza joint in Banbury. Mm-hmm. We'll have to go next week. Oh, it's so good. Um, but I was talking to the guy there uh, yesterday, and he's like, "Everything's made in house. Everything's homemade." He's like, "We don't fucking skimp on nothing." He's like, "Nothing in here is like processed. We've got." We make our own homemade dough. They shred their own mozzarella cheese. They get like real pepperoni. It's not like the fake pepperoni right. in the fucking pay. It's real pepperoni. And then it's um they make their own marinara sauce. And it's for like their pepperoni pizza. So I'm like, do you tell me this fucking thing is like a homemade good for you slice of brick oven pizza? And it's like Even their vegan stuff. Even all their vegan shit. They all make in house. Everything made in house. And it's like, dude, that right there is like very few places you can go and eat something that in today's standard is unhealthy and it be healthy. Right. You know, because you, essentially you're talking about you're talking about homemade bread, talking about homemade marinara sauce, mozzarella cheese, which is like one of the best cheese, and then fucking real pepperoni. Like, dude, where you get, like, that's all real good food, and they put it on what should be, like, an unhealthy thing, a piece of pizza, and it's fucking, like, healthy and delicious. Is that when I was talking to them, I was like, dude, you guys like sold me so much more on like supporting you yeah, and yeah. this shit. Cause I, I know I'm not coming to a toppers, you know, or whatever it is, a Domino's. And you know what? I never feel like shit leaving there. Mm-hmm. Like when I go smack a couple slice of fucking little Caesars, you know, you smack down some little Caesars, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you eat Covisa, dude, you go back to work, you feel just as good as if I would have ate a fucking some beef and rice. Yeah. Unless if you eat too much pizza, then you feel like shit. Well, you feel I feel like that way too if, I eat, if I eat too much beef and rice, I feel that yeah, way too. Exactly. Yeah, I love that place. Sandra, is it you talking about vegan? Did you hear me talk about vegan? Yeah. Uh, I don't eat it, but I'm okay. just saying, like, they yeah. do make their own vegan stuff there, which I thought that was. Can we go on that tangent for like two I, seconds? I would love to. Dude, the vegans. Let's uh, go, bro. Let's go. Vegans and vegetarians, right? I have no issue with that. Yep. If you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yes. So. I'll just say a relative. Vegan, vegetarian, kind of switch back and forth right now. Introducing some meats, whatever. But when you have children and you're forcing that without supplementation, Mm. what the hell are you doing? No. And it's one of those people that you cannot talk to. No. You you wouldn't be able to give this person any type of like pointers like, hey, you know what? cool that's what you want to do but you should look at supplementation because yeah. you're missing so many micronutrients 100 percent. i think there was like that. a canadian couple that like killed their two-year-old by trying to make him vegan just be malnourished mal- yeah it was malnourished yeah. like well, it's crazy it's we, just insane we knew a vegetarian and and we were um we were out and about and the place we were at didn't have any vegetarian options what they got was bread, like just so instead of getting the burger, they got just the buns, 
and fries. And that's what they ate for their meal. And I'm just like, do you understand that slice of chicken or that's that, that patty has nutrients and protein to fuel your have right. an ass? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like, oh, I'm a vegetarian, so I'm going to eat white bread and fucking deep fried potatoes. Or fried potatoes. Yeah. Right. Like, right on, champ. But again, like if you want to do that's fine. I always I like to ask the reason why. Mm. Well, you know, you're killing of animals, like whatever. It's like okay, if you look at the whole life cycle of anything, how much just died to provide that potato? What just died to provide your bread? Like, look at it, and a lot of people look at it like. So I was listening to a podcaster talking about that. So you really look at it, a cow. Yep. You're taking one life mm-hmm. essentially, right? Yeah. What does that provide? A lot. Like the caloric intake, the kilocalories that's provided Holy by a cow fuck. as opposed to like this, you know, you could look at it as a slaughter of all those bugs and microorganisms from the potato or whatever else, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so not. Like, I think like soy is like one of the biggest like vegetables that kills the most animals. Not only that, but oof. Cause soy, yeah. that is holy shit. Yeah, like what, soybeans or whatever. Because what? when you're talking about farming, and I don't think a lot of people understand this for agriculture. When you have, when you're farming and you go through, all your pesticides are killing all the fucking bugs. Yeah, it's kind of in the name, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, pesticide, (laughs) right. It kills all the bugs. And so then this is like crop damage. So we we grew up next to farms and stuff and we, uh, they would get crop damage takes and we would go shoot deer out of hunting season because the deer were damaging the crops, but they were also allowed to shoot turkeys they're allowed to shoot coyotes they're anything that's anything that's eating their crops they can get a take to harvest that Mm -hmm. to not have that so now you're talking to make these crops we're killing all of these animals and then not to mention when you go to farm those fields the amount of fucking uh rabbits yeah rabbits squirrels everything gets fucking right up in the fucking combine whatever done mm-hmm. dead oh i suppose there's probably like lots of uh oh that's not usually when deer have babies right they usually have them in the winter or something no or do they, they have them in the fall i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah it's like have... yeah pretty soon here oh. yeah they'll start like, dropping it's like uh spring early. it's a spring yeah oh, okay yeah that way they get they're old enough by fall and winter to survive the winter yeah, that makes sense okay but uh yeah, dude, a lot of them, like, they're bed down during the day. You're farming during the day. They don't get up in time. They don't hear you, whatever. Yeah. How many you killed. And I talked to so many farmers. They're like, oh, the amount of fucking, the amount of animals that die for us to mm-hmm. harvest these crops is insane. That's crazy. Right. Or or you could kill a cow. Right. Yeah, how much easier is it to keep alive a cow versus? Especially if that cow is going through, you know, more of a free range cow over. It's literally cycling pastures mm-hmm. you know utilizing grass like it's really supposed to absolutely not just the food lot yep. cow which 100 is kind of what we try to do but i will say this and i i grew up this way pasture fed grass-fed beef that are finished off in the last month of living with grain I don't care, dude. That's yeah, the best taste of meat you'll fucking get. That's what a lot of people do. They just finish yeah. off the grain just to help that a little sweeten it up, up a little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah, dude. Oh man, that I like people that like plain grass-fed meat. Ooh, I struggle eating it. Sean, when did you out hunting? That's a good question, man. Hey, you went last year. I did. I did. Oh, that's right. You got that little chunk yeah. of land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
speaking of the person we met at um, coffee. Yes. Yeah. He has land that uh, he would like people to hunt. So oh, really? We'll talk about that later. That's yeah. super cool. Did meeting went good with him? Yeah, really good. good. Yeah, good, he's. Good. Uh, I think he wants to back to real estate here. I guess. Yeah. I think he wants to be more hands off. Yeah. So, like we were talking, we ran through a bunch of numbers on stuff that sold recently, and went through uh, the old Carl's mortgage calculator. Pretty good. Oh yeah, good mm-hmm. tool to use. So, ran through everything with him that sold recently. He's like, "Geez, like numbers just aren't there." I said, "That's why you need to be a little more creative with stuff." Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Well, why don't you just let me know what you have for deals coming up, or if you know of anyone that had deals coming up?" I think he wants to just put his money towards it, and not have the headache of it. Dude, in that, I really appreciate when someone can understand that because that man can that man can earn money in a way you and I and so many others can't earn, right? Don't earn. Like mm-hmm. that dude is at the top of corporate, the top, top, the top fucking. But even listen to listen to this though. Even with him being at the top of corporate, what was his? What did he keep talking about? Being at the top of corporate, he even maxing like, out four hundred one k and well, shit. that. But then also, how oh. many people he's he's seen walked out of the business? Yes, let's make sure we don't cover the business. But right, mm-hmm. um, walked out of the business that he is in. Yep, out of nowhere, like no mm-hmm. heads up, no warnings, anything. He's at the top of the business, like you're saying. He has no idea what's happening. Right, exactly. So I think that's part of his reasoning for wanting to diverse yeah. in real estate because. Corporate world, man, you're on a chopping block, right? Hundred percent, bro. You even oh, good. Even look at like uh, pensions, right? Everyone looks at oh, my pension, my pension, bro. Let's look at the auto industry. How many of those poor bastards thought they had life made? Mm -hmm. What happened to the pension? Completely wiped out or greatly reduced. So Mm -hmm. now they can't even live off of it. Like Mm -hmm. your pension is not guaranteed. I think government pensions, utility pensions. Probably your safest pensions. Safest, but they ain't guaranteed, dude. Right. Because look at our government, and you're telling me, say, someone in their 40s, they're, they're working for their pension. Dude, you're telling me we got to keep a somewhat stable government for 20, 25 more years because they keep raising. That's just to get it. Can that, that's just to start pulling, just right. to start drawing. Yeah. And so, like, dude, you're, you're playing with a fuck. You're playing with fire thinking that, our government or that business you're with just for you if you're like 45 just to start pulling at 65 that shit's got to remain stable for 20 years just so you can start pulling not to mention now it's got to remain stable for another 30 years so you can keep pulling through retirement yeah. right and hopefully support inflation and everything else that's that's yeah. happening so man you know obviously my my wife's in an education system yeah which there are good some good Middle of the road conservatives in education, no matter what people think. Oh, yeah. I think there are, but it seems kind of few and far between. But, anyways, even with that, you know, when she started teaching, they don't make great money. Right. But what do they look at? When I retire, man, like, yep, when you retire again, assuming that whole thing isn't turned to a complete shit show and wiped out. Right. Yeah, no guarantee. None. I don't know. Zero. So. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. What happens with <laughs> school systems? I've known so many people who become teachers and within five years they quit. Mm-hmm. 
it's a hard profession. There's no way I could do it. For mm-hmm. one, there's no accountability, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, zero. Um, yeah. I couldn't do that Ooh, shit. Also, unions, bro. Unions don't have accountability. Yeah. Right. I think unions had a had a time and a place, but yeah, I, I worked at union, UPS. Yeah. Right? And that was, it's all inner workings, man. You could, you'd file a complaint. Now I was a union rep, right? So I would file complaints and it'd work its way up to the union. You'd never hear back. All that, it's just, again, that's just a big inner workings. The old freaking center manager, he was buddy-buddy with the union steward. You would never hear shit back. It's just kind of pointless. Yeah. Sit there and pay your union dues and someone's collecting it and living off of it. But right. as far as being truly represented, yeah, come contract time, they, you know, just any like any politics, right? Mm-hmm. Came time to union negotiations, and they were doing this and doing that for you, which, yeah, they weren't. Well, how come people in the union got to go on strike every year? Right. Just like politics, got to go on strike every year. You kidding me? We can't figure this shit out? Guess who doesn't go on strike every year? Any of us. I never went on strike before. Right. And I I don't got to worry about getting taken off the chopping block. (laughs) Right. I ain't got to go into work Monday worrying if I got a job or not. But so say even if that happened, right? Say, say you lost everything you're investing. Mm-hmm. You probably still have enough skills to go make money tomorrow. Oh, dude, mm-hmm. easy, easily, easily. That's right. one thing we've talked about is like if we get fired today, or like for some reason Sean can't flip houses, like very quickly we could figure out what we're gonna do tomorrow to make money. I know multiple people I could call and start work tomorrow. Yeah, right. or start your own thing. Oh, dude, easy, bro. Easy. Right. Easy. Yeah. So that's the power of being self-sufficient, so to speak. And, you know, maybe, you know, if everyone talks about being ultra-focused, I get being ultra-focused, but when you're well-rounded, oh, yeah, look how many more doors are open for you. Yeah. Like, if you can go hang sheetrock, if you can go finish off mud, if you can go tile, if you can do any of those trades, you could go find a job tomorrow if everything wiped out today (laughs) that's a solid point well like look at all these social media managers or whatever that all these big companies are now laying off what are they going to go do i bet they ain't gonna be fucking drywall and i can tell you that much yeah they're gonna have to go be a cashier somewhere making half the money that they are because they pushed wages up so much this past couple of years no they won't they won't go get it no they won't do that they'll live off the system (laughs) that's waiting for a job that's just right for them Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah did you see the, all these big companies just laid off a whole bunch of people? Disney laid off 7,000 employees. Indeed laid off 2,200 employees. Um, some other big ones. Yeah, the mortgage industry has definitely dealt with that too because refinancing obviously isn't happening anymore. The rates mm-hmm. being where they are. So you've had a lot of the bigger companies. Redfin, a lot of those other ones too for the real estate side. Mm-hmm. A lot so of big corporate stuff. So you guys know... Um, Let's see. Founder, contrary thinking, master. Okay. So, obviously, we all listen to uh, Andy Frisella, Real AF. And uh, that's been my number one listen to podcast. And I've been in like the top 1% of 1% of fucking listeners for the last like three years, two or three years, right? And I'm very proud of that. Fanboy. <laughs> Do it big. Um, so, anyways, um, he had Cody Sanchez on uh this week and i've been following cody sanchez um her her business page uh, i've been following for 
fucking year and a half, two years, and she's all about um, unconventional, unconventional acquisitions. And she talks about like buying businesses, um, boring businesses make money. Um, she has a better way of saying it, right? But that's exactly what you just said. She's like, she talks about how many plumbers, how many HVAC, how many contractors are retiring and nobody wants to take over their business, yet they fucking bring in over a million dollars a year. And so an average Joe, say, because um, you, you were in roofing for a while, right? So say you were a roofer and a roofing business goes up for sale. Well, you have the skills. If you're well-rounded and you had a couple management classes or whatever, or you went and maybe you were the foreman, done deal. You were the foreman of a, of a, of a uh, roofing crew. Someone, you see that there's a, a business for sale in roofing. You go over there and unconventional acquisitions, she talks a lot about like seller financing and creative financing. So you finance that business. You've got management skills because you're a foreman. You know how to roof because you're a roofer. Now you own a roofing company making probably 4X what you were just making as a foreman day one of starting the business. Once you get that paid down, and you pay off your loan to them, dude, now you're making what, 10X? And if you take what you know as being a smart fucking guy with social media and like marketing, well, now you can plug in. They don't They don't have marketing systems. Maybe they don't take credit cards. Maybe they just do everything checks. So now you can implement that shit. Maybe you can partner with a, uh, a place to do loans, you know, a financing agency to do loans for them. And all of a sudden, dude, you take this business that was maybe a $1, $2 million dollar uh, a year in revenue, you take it over, you run it, and you can turn this thing into five mil in revenue a year, and it's your shit, dude. Right. And you're doing all this, and you want to know what would have happened to that business if you went about it? Well, just shut down. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Shut down. So, case in point was the bathtub refinishing business, 100%. Right? So, same thing. I know you guys worked with them in the past. We've worked with them in the past. Um, same thing. Guy stepping away. He had someone working in the business with them that knew the business but he was traveling an hour every day mm -hmm. roughly an hour every day to work in the business but he had I just hate to say it but the, the kid had no drive mm -hmm. like you literally could have acquired a business mm -hmm. um, and then the previous owner was well, he's back to owning it again but he was taking six figures out of it every year to live off of mm -hmm. worked in the business probably three hours a day he said just to get stuff lined up and that kid could have went into that role, mm -hmm. trained someone to run the business, but he just decided, nah, it's too much work. I'm like, what, what are you doing? So then, you know, the guy reached out to me, asked me if I wanted to buy it. Well, could have tried, but then I didn't have enough stuff going on. So mm -hmm. that's why I reached out to you guys, see if you guys had interest. But again, you need to know when to say too much shit going on. Yeah. But that right there, like you're working in the business making 30 40 maybe 50,000 a year and not sure what the kid made you could have doubled your income yeah and ran the business how many 100%. bathtub refinishing companies are there in Oakland? there's actually quite a few oh really yeah there's quite a handful of them damn didn't um, know that. yeah but this one i mean he's at all the home shows he yep. has repeat business he's did the ymca in eau claire the ymc in chippewa Dang. went all the way down the cross did a huge hotel and the thing is with that like because Kyle and I are doing some units right now. 
and um, all the tubs need refinishing. And we're just like, we literally yesterday were like, fuck, dude. Maybe we should have bought that goddamn business. Yeah, I think you still could. Fuck, probably. Yeah, that's a good point. Because um, he reached out to me three okay. weeks ago. Oh, really? He had a new kid working in it, but the kid doesn't have any interest in taking it over again. Well, kind of what I was thinking with it, just like real, I, I thought about it for real short yesterday when we were there. And I was just like, dude, Kyle and I could use a helper anyways for construction and so if we have a helper for like normal construction we can just have our marketing out and word of mouth for refinishing and when we have refinishing jobs right. send that guy in those jobs right. when he doesn't have jobs you're back on the site with us right doing work like just do all block scheduling so we're literally you can smash out yes x amount of jobs in three days straight and then you're probably off for few days yeah if you want to be out for a few days otherwise you can come work and do fucking construction and work some more right um yeah i kind of after listening to because so i talked to sam about this so like for our first 100 episodes i talked a lot about like i think more people should be self-employed i think more people should own small businesses and less people should be like reliant on bosses and like other businesses, corporations, things like that. Because two, three hundred years ago, 85% of the population was self-employed. Right. Okay, so it's possible. You don't you don't have to be type A person to own a business. And so I talked a lot about that. But then I went down the rabbit hole way, way, way too much about singular focus, singular focus, singular focus. And I was really trying to live that singular focus life. Which we know you can't do. I ain't ever singular focus, right? And uh, and so, so I think we both have that crammed on our throat, though, right? Like you gotta focus. 100%. I think if you time block properly, mm-hmm. there's no reason you cannot singularly focus on ten different things. Uh, right? Absolutely. But it's a matter of again blocking that time off to where you're you are focused on that one thing yeah. and that one thing only right. for that time block. Yes, and that's what put, happened. Oh, sorry, go ahead. If you put the right people in place, like. You're fine. It'll be great. So, yeah. So, how that works is like the, the D, it's like delineated control or whatever. Um, you, as like a person, you can actually only oversee six things or six people. That's like your your threshold for most people is six. It's like four is the sweet spot. Six is like the maximum. Um, and so, that would be like, okay, we could technically have six businesses with six managers um, that we just meet up with each manager of the six businesses and could still like fully run those six businesses, which is pretty like massive. So here I was like thinking for the last fucking two years um, or the last full year of this, whatever, of like singular focus, singular focus, singular focus. And I listened to Cody, even though I watch her on fucking Instagram all the time, I watched it and I was like, dude, that's so, she said something like, there are very few people like Andy Fursella and Alex Hermosi who can singular attack one thing all out. There are so few people who like have that bandwidth that a lot of people can just be like good operators and they can have a they could have one business that they operate or they could have multiple businesses they they oversee and operate and like sure none of them most likely none of them are going to be as big as fucking Andy Frisella or Alex Ramosi. 
But like, dude, you're a lot better than if you just singular fo- focused on your nine to five. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really happy to hear that yesterday and like re fucking tune my brain to like what I truly believed in before I went down a massive rabbit hole of like singular focus. Yeah. I'm terrible with that. Like, my wife always rips on me because I really can't have a hobby without thinking how can it profit. <laughs> right. You know, it's not, that's not in a greedy sense. But even with my drone, you know, years ago when I got my first drone, oh man, how can I make money doing this? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah want to create an instagram channel and do all kinds of outdoor photography oh, and yeah. right everything my son wants a 3d printer so instead of being locked in front of a stupid ass xbox or switch all the time we thought about buying him a yep. 300 dollars printer um and he wants to create robots so his thing was dad can i print robots and it's like well you can print a robot but it's not going to move or you can print individual parts and build robots yeah so then we started chasing that rabbit hole Dude, you can make robots with, like, the Raspberry Pi boards and stuff. Sure. That'll sense movement. Like, all kinds of shit. Damn. So I was like, could he build those and sell them? So I asked him if he would be interested in that. So, yeah, he just wants to do that. So I'm like, let his little entrepreneurial brain go if he wants. Right. What's $300 if it doesn't work? Absolutely. At least you tried. Wasting on a stupid-ass switch or whatever else instead. Right. Well, valuable skills to be learning because he's like learning how to problem solve and also how to like be resourceful right and which is like and creative right in like ways where most people would just be like mind-numbing playing the switch instead little man's thinking how do i fucking make a few bucks Mm -hmm. right which is the coolest thing ever yeah because he gets sick of Sticking labels on damn envelopes, you know, that $10, or sorry, that, 10 cents a piece. He absolutely. It's not very fun for him, but he still does it. So right. for our marketing, we have the kids do envelopes, mm-hmm. stuff envelopes, and put stickers on them. But I think the, the 3D printer would be a little more fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. No, it'd be cool. And it's his own, right? Mm-hmm. Something to call his own. That's cool. Love it. What else you got, Sam? I had a thought and then I got very distracted. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think not having your focus on one thing would be best because, like, you've always said your favorite thing is starting new businesses. Yeah. So, I mean, what's the difference between starting a new business and buying a business and seeing where you can take it? Right. And yeah. then you can learn about, like, doing what Mike Finger taught us about making a business sellable and also selling businesses. And- right, which I do think I would like the purchasing of a business more than the starting of a business because mm-hmm. I've now started a couple businesses, but like buying a business, like I've, I've gone into companies that are running. I did that for a year. I went into a company that was already running and I like managed it and stuff. If you do that route, you're already, you already have a name, you have revenue and you have team. Now, maybe you got to cut some of the fat in the team. Maybe you got to rebrand or do something to boost your name or you got to market online, whatever it is. Um, But it's already like a solidified business going and you don't have to worry about when you start a business, you almost have to like learn all the roles to train people into those roles to pass those roles off to keep going up the chain. Where if you buy a business, you have all that shit. Mm -hmm. You just got to manage it better and like build the culture and then you have a good operating system. Right. And I think, like you were saying, too, figuring out time when to make switches where. 
mm-hmm. right? Because obviously you're going to, like you said, revamp the business because obviously you're trying to add value. Right. But then you have that time too of, okay, it's operating the way it is. Mm-hmm. I bought it at the operating process at the operating point, mm-hmm. right? And it still makes money, but now you can go through and how can I make it make more? Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And it's so much easier to make those changes once you're already getting income. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. How long? There's like, it, with the home improvement company, it took a while to like feel like we we're finally ahead and not trying to catch up on money. Yeah, Brian's still and, catching like, up. <laughs> still fucking the, catching up. The stable living was a lot worse with the you and Ryan not getting paid for like two years. Oh, yeah, dude. People really don't understand that at all. Like, Ryan, I didn't get paid for two years. We just fucking worked. Every goddamn day, all day long for two years making shit. Living off uh, of your girlfriends. Fuck yeah. And uh, to then, like, start making some money. But it's so funny to us talking to someone who started their own business. And they're like, well, when do I start profiting? I was like, I don't know, man. Maybe like three to five years from now. They're like, what do you mean? I'm bleeding cash. Like, I'm losing money. I was like. Yeah, that's the game, dude. That like, should have been in your business plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, you just, I was like, I was like, literally, I, I explained how, like, Ryan and I started out for the first six months of our business, we took turns working 24 hour shifts. We did that for six months and we would get, we got paid $500 a month each. And then at the end of that six months, we continued, um, we continued working. The same thing, every, alternating 24-hour shifts, didn't we? Yeah, I think but you we, added a weekend person. We added a weekend person. Yep, so you so didn't have to do weekends. So then Ryan and I would do... Um, Throughout the week. One of us would work three days, the other would work two days, and then we'd add a weekend staff. And we did that for another six months, alternating 24-hour shifts. Mm-hmm. And we still made the same amount of money, $500 every fucking... Mm-hmm. So we just putting money back into the business, or um, just wasn't making money at that It point. wasn't making money. We were bringing revenue. But, like, at that point, dude, I, like, maxed out credit cards. We took all pretty much all of our money from savings. Mm-hmm. You know, all that shit was already deployed. Um, but, and, yeah, I mean, you had to pay for all the expenses to run the business. Yeah. And that took up a lot of the money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so then, thankfully, like, we started – thankfully, him and I were willing to sacrifice an ungodly amount of time mm-hmm. so that we – like if we broke down what we got paid hourly, I don't know, maybe like a dollar or two an hour we got paid. Maybe yeah. And like but but so we had the luxury of having girlfriends who could pay the rent. Um, otherwise we were fucked. Yeah. Like there ain't no way we were getting rent. Mm-hmm. And uh so we did that for a year, opened up another location, and then at that point we were able to start making seven fifty a month. And we were able to do that for the next year. We made seven fifty a month for the mm-hmm. next year. But there was times where, like, they couldn't cash their checks. Like, they were like, oh. we have to wait till we get paid. So, Dude, there was multiple times in the first two years where we couldn't cash our checks. We had to ask um, our key staff, our main staff, if they could not cash their check for a week or two. Um, because we didn't have any money. We were out. Nothing we could do. Mm-hmm. And um, getting paid by the state was very sporadic. Oh fuck yeah, dude! The state, so, you know, sometimes we'd get paid in in thirty days. Sometimes it'd be seventy five. You know, and it was like this really fucks us up. Yeah. And so and there's times when you know not only were Ryan and I not cashing our checks, we were taking somehow we still save money. Like we were saving money even though we were making a dollar an hour, 
we were still saving money to drop back in the uh, so that we had reserves to drop back into the business when we didn't get paid so we could still pay most of our staff. And so Ryan and I are like, out of money, um, I guess we're using a credit card to survive the next month. Whatever, dude. Like, it's life. And at that point, did you have like a, a role at the state owed you? Yeah, yeah. So we had a rental. So you knew you had. Yeah. You knew you had something coming at some point. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. So yeah. He was just waiting for the day for that money to come. Yeah, yep. And so, so like, in, in the process, dude, the process from when Ryan and I started to when Ryan, to like where Ryan's at now and, and where I exited the company at, it was, I had to submit a paper submission. I had to mail it in. After, so we'd have to provide 30 days of service, a full month service, and then I could mail this in, right? And then while this was mailed in, you wouldn't hear from them for like one to two weeks. And then if you'd reach that like 10-day mark, you're like, why the fuck haven't I heard back? So you'd call them and be like, hey, have you received this? Oh, yeah, sir. You didn't do this right. And it'd be like because there, there was a code and the code was like new client, mm. um, current client, done with the client, right? And so it'd be like, oh, sir. You use the wrong code. And it's like, are you shitting me? Or I'd be like, oh, sir, you put 2018. Or, you, sir, you put 2017. It's now 2018. <laughs> and I'm like, you couldn't fucking call me, dude? Like, I, I, it's been 45 days. You couldn't call me and tell me I put the wrong fucking year? And so then... And it, or like, it's supposed to be 45 cents, not 49 cents. So yeah. like, well, that is a five. And they're like, no, it looks like a nine. Yeah, because you t- write it all in by hand. And so, dude, but now like, so that whole shit, dude, now it's like you submit it online every two weeks. You get a fucking... Um, confirmation. A confirmation. I'm pretty sure it's direct deposit into the account. Oh, uh, no, we were still, we were still checks. Yeah, you were still getting paper checks. I we think were still getting checks, yep. But like, it, it went from like this what could like anywhere from like a 45 day process down to like eight days oh yeah and so like dude exiting that i was like man dude because you you just knew like when you submitted that after your 14 days you submitted that within eight days you're getting a check right and, and where it was like Provide 30 days of service and then pray to God you get paid within 15 days. And yeah. sometimes it would take up to 45 days to get paid after you just did 30 days of service. Mm. Um, but so, to just like wrap that up, we didn't really start making any money until um, year three. And I think at year three, so I worked a full-time job. Year three, we had enough staff where I could work a full-time job to, to cover my living. And so I worked as a manager full-time. And then I think I, I think Ryan and I, I think we got a $30,000 salary a year, 30 sounds, or 40,000 salary a that year. That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, and so come, come year three, we were making like 30, 40 grand off the business, but then I went and worked full time so I could make more money so I could go make another 40 grand a year. Um, and you know what we did with all that money? Poured it all right back in the fucking yeah. business to mm-hmm. grow it, to open up more homes, to buy houses so we could fill them. You right. know? Um, and so, I mean, really, we didn't make any sort of money for four years. Did you guys do anything creative when you were doing that or not really? No, nah, we didn't know shit back then. Well, yeah. I, that's a lie. Our first property... 
we rented from my mom and my dad. We rented that from my mom and dad. And then we did a land contract with them. And so the first property, we did a land contract with them. Then the second house we got, we couldn't afford to buy a house, nor would anyone give us a loan. And so Ryan and I rented from his uncle a duplex. He let us cut out the wall and put up a header and like open up this duplex into a single family. So that was pretty creative that he rented that to us. They still rent that building. Mm -hmm. Um, The third building, once again, couldn't get a loan, couldn't do anything. So we actually, uh, one of the staff that was working for us bought the house and we rented it from them. The fourth house was the first time we ever were approved for a loan and were able to buy a house. So you did nothing but creative for the Everything first. was creative, AJ. Thanks, I brother. It. I love it. Yeah. yeah. At yeah. the time, dude, like, I guess it didn't even seem creative because we had no option. Yeah. We went to so many banks and they're all like, you can't get a fucking loan. So that's the problem sometimes with cash, right? If you have the cash, it's just easier to spend. It doesn't force creativity. Oh, when yeah. When you're for struggling sure, for or, sure. you know, when, when you're cash strapped. It forces you to think outside the box a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you was talking to the yeah. guy we just met at coffee, right? And yeah. He was talking about, well, do I use all my cash? Do I do this? And I was like, I would never use my own cash. I don't want to no. be units rich and cash poor. Right, 100%. Much rather be cash rich. Yeah. Well, I think the fourth house, I think you two spent pretty much all the money you had saved. Everything we had saved to buy that fourth house. To buy that fourth house. And you want to know what? We couldn't even make it into a group home. Oh, we did. I'm sorry. We didn't make it into the standard group home. We made it into a one to two bed. Yeah. Certified home. That's right. Yep. Um, because, I mean, the, the one client, you got more money than you did with four clients. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when we, that's when we broke was, into like he was a full behavioral mental health. Like that was, we opened that door, dove head first into like, you got the worst behavioral client, we're the ones that take How it. How much did you have to deal with that on your own or was it all staff? Mm, at that point a lot of it was staff um but we still had to deal with setting up all programming all paperwork we had to deal with all behaviors all incident reporting um and then uh let's see we were still at that point doing overnights ryan and i still alternated overnights at that point with home four we didn't do it in home four but we were still doing it down at home one because we didn't stop alternating overnights until year four in the business. And home four was year three. Middle of year three. I don't think you did them anymore. Ryan still did them. Okay. And that's when we made him stop. Because we're like, staff we need the hours. Year four, once we opened group home four, we yeah, quit. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep, yep. So up until the fourth house, we were still doing overnights. Mm. Um, and then year... F- so the fourth house, sorry, fourth house... We quit doing overnights because then we were on call all the time. Mm-hmm. We alternated being on call. Yeah, because I started before Home 4. You opened. did? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Because then Sam came in and then Sam helped us uh, systemize a lot of shit. That's when we got like, because we only had one manager for one home. And then Sam came in and was like, why don't you have a manager in every home? And Ryan and I were like, I don't know. Didn't think they're smart enough. And then we got all home managers. And then within six months, Ryan and I went from being on call every other weekend to never never and so we're like wait a second what the fuck just happened and so like that's when it truly started being like more of a business yeah and uh yeah yeah it was fun that was a lot of fun dude that's so true though about like the creative thing like when you don't like we didn't have enough money to open the business you need 15 grand to open the business so um ryan's family gave us 
enough cash put in our bank account to show we we could do it mm-hmm. and uh and we started and uh we had to give that cash back the day after we submitted our statement <laughs> and then we just went for it that's awesome so yeah, that show was fun dude but yeah you can only do it like the way you guys did it because it was when they were both 20 and 21 had nothing dude didn't Noth- have nothing no they were just going to college but they both were in the military so then they were able to have that paid for yeah and then i guess the only thing you guys had to figure out was uh when you both had drill yeah they were pretty lenient with giving you they were super you, uh, they were super good with that yeah. they were super good with that ryan and i pretty much started alternating like going to drills and stuff oh for really for six yeah. months yeah because then they could just do makeup drills after that yeah yeah they became really good they became really good with that um ryan and i didn't have to go down to, to some annual our, yeah we didn't have to really? go to annual and stuff we did fuck i don't know once we started the business i never went to another annual no, you didn't, Mm-mm. because you like told me about them, but then you never had to. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty sick, dude. We just make them up at whatever, and um, they were super good with that because they both they knew that Ryan and I weren't reenlisting, and so we ended up not. I didn't have to go to my last two annual trainings. That's right. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. I was very appreciative of it. Yeah, well, it worked out really good because it's like. Who the fuck's gonna run the business for two weeks? What are you on? This bitch yeah. just started it this year. Like, mm-hmm. What? Yeah, because Eva and I were also both still in college. Eva might have just graduated. That like, no, I think we we're both still in college. We both yeah. had full time jobs. Yeah. Yeah, so there's yeah, no yeah. way like Eva and I could have done it. No, neat world. Anyways, fucking moving along here. It was starting a business compared to buying a business. Massive difference. Yeah massive massive difference and so i would be pretty open to buying business well tub refinishing business? <laughs> maybe i think i might consider it no he asked me about that too as, as far as with you guys and i just said i didn't know didn't think you'd have want to but like you said you already literally would take training someone how to paint right because obviously right. that the chemicals which he has all the access to yeah you're literally buying, like you said, buying a business. and There's obviously some improvements you can make there. Oh, for sure, dude. Honestly, like, I think something big that a lot of people don't <laughs> think about is if we could even have a staff, uh, like a, because even with, like, growing with the group homes, and we got Brooke working for us now, um, part-time, but, like, or sorry, did I say yeah, growing, growing like the flipping company. There you go. Sorry, my bad. What the fuck? Uh, had me on the wrong shit. So growing with the uh, the flipping company and property management, having someone who can answer a phone. Mm-hmm. And so like if you add a permaglaze or you add something like that that you buy, what they don't have right now is someone who can answer the phone because the dude answers the phone. But if he's out working, he ain't answering the phone. So, I mean, if you have someone who can answer the phone, that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's also key. That alone can help significantly capture the people calling. Because usually, dude, at least for me, if I got a fucking problem I need solved, I hit Google and I look for the f- place with the best reviews and I hit call. Right. And then I'm like, okay, if I don't get it, next. well, fuck them next. Next until I get the one I want. And so. Or the one that answers. That's it. That's what I mean. Yeah, the one that answers. And so, 
if you got someone who answers this fucking phone, dude, you're capturing a lot of work. Like, like you said, too, with the nicest thing, if you are out and doing jobs and you answer the phone, more than likely, even if you're not trying to be short, you have the job you're doing on your mind. So you're, yeah. you're probably not as uh, patient on the phone as no. someone else would be. Yeah. I've, that was the whole... I mean, even with the group homes, like... Once you put me in place, then I started answering all the phone calls, yeah. talking to the case managers, talking to the staff. So that was a lot of work that then you and Ryan didn't have to do, and you could just focus on growing the business. Yo. Yeah, because there's a lot of shit, dude. Like, if I'm working, I do this all the time. Like, if I'm working and I get a phone call, I am definitely short trying to rush through the conversation. And then, like, the last maybe minute of a conversation i don't even fucking remember checked it out, right? i'm checked out because i'm ba- i'm trying to continue doing what the fuck i'm doing so like when i blow you up and oh bro I, on snapchat I, I t- oh the snapchat's <laughs> honestly the snapchat's not bad because that's really quick and to the point and you can respond but when you're on a conversation and you hit the main points in the first like minute right but then people keep talking to you for another couple minutes i don't know what they tell me right so that way with uh lender called me yesterday just to kind of give me a rundown on a couple uh, clients we're trying to work with and it was one of those you, you see his name coming i like talking to him but at the same time it's like oh i have to like you have to prepare for the conversation because you yes. know it's going to go down eight million rabbit holes that mm, just don't have time for sometimes you have to dude you have to do that shit it's pretty it's tough to like disconnect from what you're doing to then try to be present in something completely different at like a moment's notice. Right. It's very difficult. What else we got? Huh? Fuck, dude. That's a good question. Hour and a half. We're fucking moving pretty good. Um, let's see. What do you got next for you? What are your plans outside of flipping? And Dude, I, I don't know if I told you this. That house we got under contract, mm-hmm. the dude owns a goat farm. Did I tell you that? So you're going to be a gold farmer? Dude, I honestly, like, he told me that because um, we were talking to him, and he's like, yep, I'm, I'm, uh, I've am i been milking cows my whole life, but I started milking goats the last, like, seven years he's been milking goats. And I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, no one does that. Tell me more. And the guy's just like, what? I'm like, dude, tell me more. That's the coolest shit I've ever heard. And um, so he's telling me how, like, he switched from milking cows, which – um, very hard work. You have to haul manure every day. Your big milking operation, getting cows in and out to milk, and then he also did beef cattle too. So like a lot of fucking manual labor on your body, pushing these big ass cows around. And um, he said now that he moved to goats because he was like getting injured, blowing out his back, like getting sick and all this stuff. He said moving to goats, his health has been a lot better. He hasn't really been injured. Um, and he only needs to operate a a goat milking farm. He only needs 40 acres. And so he grows what he needs. So this is how he's, so he's got 70 acres. He grows what he needs on 40 for the hay for the year. And then his 30 acres, he sells that, sells that hay to pay for the grain for the year. So pretty much property taxes and then obviously fuel for harvesting and your hours for for like haying pays for food for them for the whole year and then um when you're talking about a goat milking operation compared to a cow milking operation your like barns 
are a lot smaller. Um, but so anyways, he's thinking of retiring in like the next year or two. And I was like, the amount I'm considering this is not healthy. I'm so excited. I want it so bad. So have you looked at goat milk? With um, the enzyme breakdown, the uh, amino acid breakdown and everything. No, I haven't. Yeah, you should. Is it good or no? Yeah. Is it really? Supposedly way better than dairy, like cow dairy. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Well, then we could drink like raw milk too. Fuck yeah, which dude. Is way better. I dude, that shit like because Sam and I are huge on like uh, what's that word called? Sustainability. Sustainability. Thank and you. And homesteading. Um, because like we do a lot of the shit like in our own life to try to be like fucking conscious of the chemicals and shit. Right. right? And so, and we want to move in the country so we can have chickens. And so it's like, dude, if we had goats and chickens, like, dude. And then obviously it's a fucking business. You're selling your milk every right, week. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of never been so excited for something. So it's going to be a house that you guys move into now, huh? It would be, yeah. So we'll see, dude. I don't know. I mean. Didn't I, you say he was splitting it off with one acre? Or did you talk to him about maybe getting. So the property we got from him. Um, they, he split that into the acres. So that land, that land that attaches to that house, um, is that 30 acres he does for profit or does for, to pay for the grain. So that would go with the business essentially. Um, I haven't talked to him about selling the business or or like buying it from him, but I was like, build a little rapport here, build some rapport with this guy. And, uh, I'll go up, I'll check out the operation, see if it's actually something I want to do. Right. Right. Because once you see the operation, see if it's actually something I want to do, um, but dude, honestly, like flipping houses is super fun. Love it, and I would continue doing that. Um, but hopefully, next will be a goat farm. I fucking <laughs> hope so, dude. It'd be a good uh, side project. It. Yeah, it'd be fun, dude. He says because I asked him like if it's a full time job, and he chuckled, and I was like, "Oh, this is beautiful." He's like two hours in the morning for milking, two hours in the afternoon for milking. And once every five weeks, he hauls manure. So it went from hauling manure every day <laughs> to once every five weeks. And he's just like, damn fucking part-time. And I'm like, dude, this is the greatest shit ever. Right. Nice. And so you can't tell me, dude, like, hire some high school kids to help right. out. Two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. And then... Have some kids so then they can do it. Yeah, and then once you have kids, the high school kids can train them in, dude, you know, and, and just keep that, that rolling. And I... Th- I just don't like something like that. I think could be a really fun little yeah, little business. Definitely. And you live in the country, dude. You get fucking fresh milk, fresh cheese, fresh fucking eggs. Like I love that shit, dude. Do the fainting goats come up and you? Why not scare dude? the shit out of much of them? Tip over, get a couple of them, and then just run around faint. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Who will see? That's like that's a that's a far far maybe. Um, but it uh, we'll see. It's one of the things we've been most excited about. Yeah, dude, I never thought I'd be excited because uh, something that a lot of people say and that like I think about is everything I'm doing now. Like none of it really, just everything I'm doing now is preparing me for whatever the future holds in like forty years, thirty years, whatever it is. And so, most likely, what I'm doing now, I will not be doing in thirty years. And so maybe like that next step on that journey is like a goat farm, right? Yeah. Or something like completely out of the wheelhouse and I'll learn enough shit from that or whatever that, that somehow that will help me in 30 years for whatever else I'm, mm-hmm. I'm building, running, whatever. Right. So I'm just very, 
I'm very open to different things because, like, the journey. I I know, like, because I, I fucking had, like, 40 different cars. I know I'm not a dude to keep one thing, do one thing. And so, like, I think everything's just stacking on itself to, like, learn these things so that the the person, the Sean in 30 years, he'll, he'll just be able to do so much other shit because, mm-hmm. like, all these skills and building myself. I don't know. That's kind of what I look at. Yeah. I think we're always evolving as people and even what you, what you are today, you're, you're something different tomorrow. Even, even that fast. I mean, you're always should be evolving. I think it's pretty boring to think that you're going to be doing the same shit. Like that's why jobs of 20 years don't, you don't see that anymore. Part of that is a corporate America, right? Like you have Mm -hmm. no, Trust in the corporations, but then also, what a boring ass life. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Fuck, dude. Boring. Can you imagine clocking in at eight o'clock no. every day and clocking out four thirty <laughs> or five o'clock every day? I didn't ever make it more in a fucking year and a half at a place. Yeah. Two years before I was fucking on to the next know. one doing the next thing. It's uh I couldn't. I couldn't handle it, dude. Couldn't handle it. Too wild. So I got, what's next for you, AJ? I don't know. Uh, kids keep us busy. We have yeah. two kids, so that's always busy. Um, we have talked a lot. We got a camper. Sure yeah. A lot of that this year. That'd be awesome. Little dude decided he doesn't want to do baseball. Okay. Just kind of, kind of tough. Mm. He's eight years old and he's already had four years of baseball. Oh, shit. Okay. So... He had he played winter baseball indoor. Mm-hmm. That kind of killed it for him. He was all excited for it, and then by halfway through, he you could just tell he wasn't digging it. Dang. Dang. So we talked about okay, well, spring baseball, you know, blah blah blah. He's like, I think I was going to take the year off. First, Ash and I were both like, mm, no, you're playing. And then you know, I personal training for 14 plus years, so used to right. dealing with and coached quite a bit at that time too. Do we want to push him? Have him resent it. Right. I'm sure he'll do it. Right. But he's going to resent it the whole damn time. Mm-hmm. Right. And burn him out. So right. we just decided, you know what? You want to take this year off? It's fine. You're not sitting in front of the no. switch. We'll be out doing stuff. It's good. So it's like, do we just find something else for him to do? Or just let him take the year off? Because he has been pretty sports heavy for past year and a half, basically, one thing into the next. Yeah. So I think it'll be good for him to take a little break. Yeah. Yeah, so. no, that'd be really good. Yeah, as long as, like, which you wouldn't, as long as he's not just switching it. You're just fucking. Yeah. That's no some way. shit, dude. Like, kids will be like, oh, I don't want to do this activity. And then they'll sit in front of the TV or play on the iPad or whatever. Yeah. And parents allow it. And it's like, bro, like, if they didn't want to do that thing, make them do something else so they'll realize that, shit, dude, that was kind of a lot more fun mm-hmm. i should have been playing baseball and helping mom and dad cook dinner every right. fucking night oh, yeah, that's <laughs> you know? so true so we'll kind of let him explore see what that looks like but yeah he knows for sure it's not that sit in front of the damn switch that's good well we that's notice awesome. with that as we do let him have some switch time we mm-hmm. do it as a family sometimes xbox here and there but once he touches it it is a fucking drug mm-hmm. it is straight up then it's every five minutes. Oh, can I be on the switch? Can I play the switch? And it's like, no. Mm. A couple days without it, you don't fucking hear a thing about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't exist. Yep. Yeah. So, 
Damn, that's wild. You try to really, well, you look at the endorphins and whatever else you get from that shit. That's how, dude, that's TV with me. Dude, Sean's the worst. Holy. The TV? I, bad. Dude. He's like, real bad. I So <laughs> my favorite thing to do since I've been a kid is fucking watch movies. Like is my actual favorite hobby is watching movies. Um, and so now that Netflix does like, we Sam and I just talked about this. Like my dad and my mom and Kyle, like we would watch TV together for like an hour or two a few nights a week, right? And it was like the TV shows we liked. Now those TV shows are all on Netflix, so I can binge those <laughs> binge cocksuckers. Yeah. And that's what's bad, dude. Is like I'll watch it and I will think. Dude, I will think about that TV show and the shit going on in that TV show for like hours, for like two days past. I think about that shit. Once I hit that third day, if I haven't watched it, if I haven't watched it for three days, I forget it exists. Yeah. It's gone. It's out of my mind. I forget. And I can do like, I'm thinking about business full time. Then I'm thinking about like training full time. I like, my brain becomes so much more on the fucking progress and not reflecting on a fucking TV show or movie right. I watched. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, I get that at fucking 28, dude. And so a kid's got to be worse, I would right. think. Um, yeah, I can't just sit and watch the TV. So like, we build Legos when we watch TV. And so... I just like the noise in the background. No, dude, I can't so, do like, that. Whenever I'm just like, oh, it's 10 o'clock. Like, let's be done. And Sean's just like, but, but TV. <laughs> dude, I can't. Just addicted. Well, like, really? Dude, if a TV. I never guess that. Oh, so, mm-hmm. bro, if a TV's on in the room, we can be at a family event. They got the TV on. I don't give a fuck what's going on over. It doesn't even have to be good TV, dude. I'm watching it. It can be something just shit. And I'm just like. I'm like we, used, we would go get coffee with my dad at horrible, Raleigh's. Horrible, dude. And, uh. Every other Sunday we would. Yeah. And they would have, what, the, like, some outdoors channel on. I don't even give a fuck about the goddamn DNR in fucking New Hampshire. But Jesus Christ, dude, I would just be like, <laughs> babe, did you see that? Uh, babe, babe, did you see that? Look, it's a possum. Babe, it's a possum. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, you, you see it? So stupid, dude. I would never guess that. Horrible. Yeah, real bad. So I try not to have the TV on unless it's, like, fucking... Like Saturday or Sunday only, or Friday or Saturday only, mm-hmm. and we'll do like one or two episodes. If I let it go much farther than that, dude, my my shit will get ruined. My life will get ruined. Mm-hmm. That's good that you know that. Like, yeah. Least, yeah. yeah. But imagine being a kid though, because they have no idea what the hell's going on. They just feel good watching it or playing yeah. it or whatever else. And then absolutely, I really think it does wire their brain differently because we notice behavior, huge difference in behavior. Just and it's not he's not doing anything. That he shouldn't on the switch, right? right. It's mm-hmm. just I don't know what it does. His behavior shit much more shit when uh, yeah. he's doing that. He just doesn't want to listen as good. Man. Get him away from him a couple of days and he's back to normal. But so yeah, we limit that. Like I said, now we try to do more instead of giving him fifteen minutes to half an hour on on his own. It's yeah, we can play, but you're gonna play with somebody else. It's gonna be cool. a family yeah. thing. That's, That's nice. really cool. Play with your sister, and that ends usually not a fight, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun, watching the kids. Um, it's always an adventure with the kids. We just try to let them figure this shit out on their own. Like, if they're fighting, like this morning, they're at each other. Merrick, give me it back. And he was torturing her, and you could tell yeah. he was just doing it to torture her. I just, we just kind of sit back and let them figure it out. Yeah. And tell us what to come to blows, and it's like, all right, stop. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Because that's, like, reality is... Mom and dad won't always be there to right. squash right. your 
battles right. for you. Figure it out. That's cool. I like that. I like that. So, yeah. Let's talk about the kids and the masks thing, huh? Yeah. Back to COVID. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Oh, man. Okay. Well, should now we, I can't put this on YouTube. Limit? Oh, yeah. We can edit at this point, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll yeah, take yeah. this part out on YouTube. <laughs> let's rip for like 10 more minutes. And let's figure it out. All right. What do you got for me? So, like when we were kind of going through it, my wife is in education, obviously. Yep. She used to be in a certain school district, mm-hmm. and we kept the kids open enrolled there because they started out with uh, the premise that, you know, that should really be left up to the parents. Mm-hmm. Right. There's not enough data to support that it's a must, blah, blah, blah. That lasted until the third Friday, which is their financing count. So, basically, they get financed mm-hmm. based on how many kids they have. Yep. So like, all right, we're just going to keep the kids there, be good to go. That count comes in, and all of a sudden, masks are mandatory. That Friday at 5.30, an email goes out, 5.36 o'clock, whatever it was. So I'm like instantly livid. At that point, I'd had enough. That that was after the year of virtual. So we right. were, we're already so this is in a year plus into it. One, right? Right. Yeah. So we're already into it pretty deep. So call my wife, whatever end up sending an email to the superintendent where my wife used to work. Yep. So talk to his assistant, whatever else. I end up getting in touch with the superintendent. We have like an hour and 15 minute conversation. First thing he says is, oh, are you so-and-so's husband? Yeah. Yep. That's not why I'm calling you though, bud. Right. Like, stick to the point. Yep. It's like, well, you know, we're going off data. And of course, I already had freaking a note on my phone five pages oh, long yeah. of all the reasons it's not necessary or whatever. 100%, else. yep. So going through it, I had to email that to him ahead of time just so he had it to, to look at. Well, you know, we're just going off what the local health department says. I said it. Like, for what? Yeah. It's asinine. So like, well, you can always go the, the route of getting a medical exemption. I said, you asshole. I said, you know that's not going to happen. No, hell no. It happened. Really? Yeah. Damn, so, that's good. Searched and searched and searched and searched. Finally found a medical doctor that was willing to sign a um, mask exemption. That's cool. Take that to the school. It was like they were shocked. Oh, yeah. So I gave it to them. Know the principal at the school that handed it to because, again, we're a coworker with my uh-huh. wife at one point. So I go, oh, okay. So I just asked him, you know, were you treated different? No, not really. Some kids asked why I didn't have to wear one. I just said, because tell me your parents, your parents give a damn. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So he didn't wear a mask the whole time. Um, and cool. end of the school year, we just pulled him, put yeah. him in a different school district where my wife is now. And for sure, they didn't do masks. Oh, really? They went with a yeah. premise of up to a parent's, yep. you know, a parent's choice. That's nice. And they stuck with it. That's good. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to do the back and forth yo-yo shit. With masks, yeah. And well, that's what my the madness with tracking and oh yeah, well, crazy. My nephew, he's what? How old? Eight now? Yeah. Well, he might be older than that. Um, my sister-in-law told me that like he'd come home and his mask would be like soaking wet because yeah. he just suck on it, they... and they'd be swapping masks at school. And I'm like, you're telling me that's safer than just 
breathing air like no well, look at the microplastics too they talk about that oh yeah with the mask and the microplastics that you're continuously yep. breathing in mm-hmm. one not to mention now if you look at the back of every box of masks it says does not protect against COVID-19. COVID-19. It's like, right. damn, bro, really? Fucking really? Yeah, even the CDC now is coming out and saying that masks are basically worthless. Our doctor, chiropractor, i surprised they put it in their newsletter because I see it every so often yeah. going into the, the chiropractor office. I go there twice, or uh, sorry, every other week. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And uh, they actually have it in the newsletter. That's awesome. Masks proven to be ineffective. I'm like... No shit. Two or two years later, two years plus, and you finally mm-hmm. dude think of all the shit people had to go to all the speech impediments little kids got from not being able to fucking. Mm-hmm. See so that's a huge speak. thing. Yeah, huge well, thing, and not being you know a lot of kids. That's one thing my wife talk, has talked about. A lot of those kids, school is their safe space, mm-hmm. and now you're mm-hmm. forcing virtual learning into an environment that is terrible for them to begin with. Right. Like, Absolutely. Granted, they might not be getting a lot of learning done at school because what they're dealing with at home, whatever yeah. else. But at least there, they had a space where they were safe. Yes, yeah. 100%. 100%. And that's important, dude. That's, right. yeah. So now I have virtual learning where who knows how many of them were just left home alone. Didn't do anything. Right. Yeah. Aren't actually getting lunch or they're just going in the cupboard and eating fucking ice cream or, you know, whatever, yeah. candy for or lunch. Nothing, yeah. Or nothing for lunch, yeah. Yeah. And not... Uh, not the school not. lunches are a lot better, but well, I mean, at least it's... That's not a topic. Caloric intake. But, yeah, I mean, and getting out, like... The thing about school, dude, is you're mandatory getting an hour or 45 minutes of exercise a day. Right. Dude. Just the social aspect, too. Like, oh, kids need that social interaction. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, well, and Sam and I talk about, like, homeschooling and things like that, but there's so many programs throughout the day um that you can like go to with your kids or send your kids to like day programs and shit to get that social aspect Mm -hmm. dude they ain't getting that one the virtual learning shit those parents weren't set up to homeschool so they weren't probably looking into those programs probably most of those programs probably were shut down oh yeah um and so the kids weren't getting any social aspect Mm -hmm. that's brutal right yeah i mean you've met some of my friends that were homeschooled i mean the one played volleyball so she was like in like high school sports so she had friends well andrew andrew oh yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. dude normals can be awesome dude cool dude i didn't even i was friends with him for like four years before he's like oh yeah i was homeschooled i was like right i don't know fuck dude you're sweet i'd have never known that yeah yeah i think especially nowadays there's so many programs set out now you have so many other and obviously try to believe in the public school system with my wife being, you know, an administration in it. But, you know, at church, I volunteered at her church twice a month. So does my wife. And I was talking to kids just about, you know, other people struggling and how to deal with it, whatever else. And the one kid's like, well, I go to private school. I never see any of that stuff you're talking about. Like, yep, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Because it's not allowed. If right. that was happening, you'd be booted out of the private school. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like, so, I mean, you, you need accountability with that too, but you're getting so many charter schools and stuff popping up too. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. I think it's good because really what is it? It breeds competition. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, dude. What yeah. does competition bring out? The best of you the or best. it should. If it doesn't, yes. then you sink to the bottom and you lose students, you lose funding. Yep. That's my issue with the Eau Claire School District, right? They lose students, but yet 
they don't lose funding. We pay. You got the good old state to step in and blame it on COVID and still give them funding. That shit pissed me off so goddamn much. Nothing like me paying for fucking them not being responsible. Right. Choose up my ass. Fun. How many rabbits did we chase? Did we chase enough? That's a couple rabbits. That's good, man. That's good. I got fucking. I got to take a leak though, so we got to wrap this thing up. Shit, that's pretty good. This is, I think, one of the longest episodes. I, uh, I think one fifty-five might have been the longest. Actually, we could do it. We could, let's just find it. We'll just <laughs> we'll crank on past one fifty-five yeah. and hit the two-hour mark or something. Yeah, I mean, I could go on more about COVID, but we don't have to. Uh, and a COVID is a fun one. Is yeah. a fun. One. Um, what do you think, AJ? Because so you were you were a, a personal trainer for fourteen years mm-hmm. in that realm. So you spent some of your life like self-employed doing that gig and then some of it employed how was like how was your first transition into that and like going from like regular world into self-employed world so when i started out i started out at gold's that was my first actually more than 14 years i started in 2006 i believe okay went through uh, my internship at gold's when that was still in eau claire yeah i really enjoyed that a big big facility their onboarding process was good, but you had all the corporate mm-hmm. stuff with that, right? Yeah, like yeah. Your your income was, I don't say it was capped, but it was definitely not like being on your own or, if, you know, independent contractor. Sure. Through other facilities. So definitely learned what I could there and kind of left that when that was done. Sure. So she's got kind of a stepping stone. That's cool. So I think it was... The best thing you could do, you know, learn through a big corporation that has all the the, the tools to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And go off. So, yeah, my, um, I studied ACE. Yeah. And I also started, uh, did ACSM, or NASM, sorry. Yeah, so yeah. So, I went up getting uh, NASM certified. I had that for uh, eight years, I believe. Okay. And then, well, and kind of during that time, too, I went into CrossFit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The CrossFit certification, which I don't, you cannot really have certification, just to you know, you go through the class and right. get it. So not to knock on CrossFit coaches, but I guess you can knock on them too. Because yeah. it, I think really you need a background in kinesiology and understanding how the body works to be a good coach. Mm-hmm. Not, I think to, that's huge. We've talked about that too. It's fucking huge, dude. Watching people do fucking snatches with the worst form ever, cleaning jerks with the worst form ever. I'm just like, you're you're just waiting yeah. to get injured. Those are dynamic moves that take a lot of training to do to do properly. And mm-hmm. just to, you know, that's, that's kind of my issue with portions of CrossFit, yeah. especially what people see on TV. It's like, what you see on TV are elite athletes. Yes. Mm-hmm. These are not... You know, they're no different than watching basketball, right? Yeah. They watch on TV, elite athletes, a small percentage of the population, very right. small. Right. right. No different than what you see on TV. Right. Normal people shouldn't be knocking out reps of 225 for no. shit deadlifts or anything, really. Right. For that matter, unless you're probably trained to do it. Right. But people watch that and like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's an awesome way to get yourself jacked up. Fuck, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did that and then actually starting up again with some in-home clients yeah so it'd be a couple times a week is all i just want to keep that limited but i really do miss it training is one of those things where some of the biggest pain in the ass clients end up being the best mm-hmm. yeah because they, they're the ones that have the most change yeah but sometimes they're whiniest and 
I'll never forget this client. I dreaded having her as a client. It's one of those people I'd stare on my schedule like, shit. Complain her. Like, complain the whole time. Finally, it boiled down to, I just had to, I sat down with her. Halfway through the session, she started complaining. I was like, you know what? We need to talk. So it's like, are you enjoying this? Yeah. Like, I really am. I'm not. It's like, just shock look. I was like, you complain, you question everything. Like, mm-hmm. have I ever done anything to hurt, like make you hurt yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, no. All right. Knock it off. Trust me mm-hmm. and try it. Right. It's like, well, I just. So cool thing with that is I actually had to stop and look and like, she was just questioned herself. It wasn't that she was yeah. questioning me. She just had no like confidence in herself. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. It's a great learning experience for me too. Like, just because they're doing that doesn't mean that they're against you. Yeah. It's like an inner struggle that they're having. Right. That makes sense. So I really learned that as a huge thing too. Like I wouldn't, I'm not afraid to sit down and have a conversation with people anymore. Mm-hmm. Dig into that, to dig, dig into why that's happening. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. That's really um, cool. Another one. Dr. Mahmoud Ahmed, like phenomenal guy, but he's uh-huh. one of those guys I was like, oh, this is going to be a struggle. Uh-huh. Greatest client ever. That's one of the greatest clients ever. So, and when you see that change happen, like everyone, when I started, like athletes, I want to be with athletes. I want to be with athletes. I want to be with bodybuilders. I want to be, you know, with all that. No, being sports specific or one dimensional, it's not my style. Right. Just again, kind of boils into personality of wanting to be down ten different holes. Uh Things. Uh Like it's fun to me to. Pick and pick apart different things. Yeah. Um, did the whole boxing thing when I was young. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. That's cool. That's cool. Um, rough MMA, as we've talked about. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. That's fucking cool. So yeah, I've done done a lot of things. Played semi pro football. Damn near died doing that. <laughs> that sounds awful, dude. Yeah. Look. That's what that is. Fuck that. So I blew my intestines apart in two spots. Oh. Oh. You know you know Greziak? Josh Greziak? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. We were playing practice and uh I was safety, ran up on a ball. Just grabbed it, he was receiver, came came in on a little slant route. I tucked the ball on the side up in the air and you know, probably two of the faster guys on the teams collided and mm. don't know what didn't ha- I had no idea what had happened. Mm. I stood up and Fell back down and I'm going to the hospital. Yeah, in the hospital for a week. Dude, I'm gonna tell you, there's like things that I thought of would be fun, and like barely ever did I think semi-pro football would be fun. So funny story, I was 32. It's an old son of a bitch, right? 32. Thought, geez, I never played high school football because we didn't have it. Sure. I'm gonna go play semi-pro football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, that's wild. How long did you play before that happened? Shit, I think we're in like three or four games in in this season. Oh, fuck. That sucks, dude. Yeah. Damn. I'd do it again. I would do it again. Like everything yeah. in life I look at. Oh, yeah. So we've talked a little bit about yeah. my past kind of growing up. That'd be another fun episode to We can hit episode on that. To cover. Yeah. So yeah. my childhood is not great, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't. Right. I really think everything develops into a stronger person, whatever else. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, there's like, um, I, I, I talk about that shit a lot with Sam too. Like, mm-hmm. 
Dude, I don't like regret anything. The only things I regret is maybe like not enjoying something I was a part of more. You know, like not being more yeah, present yeah. in like a, in an experience. You know, um, but outside of that, dude, like everything I fucked up, relationships, friendships, all that. Like, dude, don't regret any of it because like you wouldn't be here, you wouldn't be the person you are. Exactly. Yep. Hundred yeah. percent. But uh, there, like the things I do regret are like. A handful of experiences where I wish I would have been more present in the experience, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So we've talked about that, though, even with business, right? Um, like with family. Yeah. So I made a lot of sacrifice. You know, up until two years ago, I was working weekends, mm-hmm. real estate full-time uh, during the week. Like, when your kids are little, sacrifice I made, looking back... I miss a lot of shit because that's mm-hmm. the only time we had weekends, right? But I worked twelve-hour right. shifts Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. right? To make sure I had a steady income coming, right? You know, so looking back on some of that stuff, but again, you know, my my children seeing me bust my ass—is there value in that? Yeah. Oh, for sure, hundred yeah, percent, dude. Craziest shit about that. My fucking so I found this out like two years ago. Yeah, dude. This my is crazy. grandpa. All right, so my grandpa um, owned a restaurant <coughs> called The Platter up in Ashland. Um, it was like this very nice high-end diner. Uh, I think JFK Foonan had dinner there one time. Yeah, some president did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was pretty cool. Like, it's a really nice, really nice, like, fucking, what do you what do you even call it? Like, what's the, like, high-end shit called? Like a supper club or supper a... Supper club, thank you. So it's like a, a supper club. Um, it used to be a whorehouse in like the late 1800s super sick place and um my grandpa owned this place operated and all that stuff what i came to find out that i had never known my grandpa started out working at breadings up there as an engineer so he went to school and became an engineer he worked for um i don't know 10 years and 10 20 years as an engineer before he bought the platter he continued for another 20 years going to work every morning as an engineer and going to work every afternoon running the platter for 20 years before he retired with like, I think he retired with like 40 years at Breadings to just then run just the platter and then ended up like retiring from that when he was 70. But it's like, dude, my family didn't tell me that. Like no one told me that like grandpa was a fucking straight hustler who like every day, up before the kids got up and at work and then would come home after all the kids were in bed. All the kids grew up working the platter. They grew up raising each other. And um, that, I think, can build really good people too because, like, the whole family is really close. Mm-hmm. Great family. They all help each other out. But would that have happened without the dad hustling and being that so then they had to, like, support each other, right? right? Um it's a that's something a lot of people don't think about is like that impact that could be too right of being that role model it's a balance oh know? for sure yeah. so when you are present being present yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know, so when you do have the time making sure you're actually focused on developing that those relationships mm-hmm. um yeah so i don't really regret that but no that's cool he didn't do that forever right because you said because he would bake you cakes or whatever when you were young so he must have not have worked all that, day 
Right, that was because yeah, he didn't have to work for like a lot of the day because it was a supper club, so it was just in the afternoon that he was yeah, working. Yeah, but so he like must have quit breadings at some point. I, but yeah, no, he did sixty. Yeah, yeah. So he, okay. I think, yeah, around like did 60, I miss that quit, part in that? Yeah, probably around like sixty, he quit breadings. Yeah. Okay. Yep, and so um, then it was just like the platter, and he didn't, he wasn't that wild. So it just brings up to another point with like you know everyone will sit there and say, "Oh, it must be nice," or. Well, you know, a lot of people look at generational wealth too. Mm-hmm. How many millionaires were, are born out of that, or you know, put into that through generational wealth? The percentage is actually very small. If you very look in the like research, like some of the richest people weren't put into that through generational wealth. Right? right. They were put into that through maybe they saw struggles, so they didn't want to face that same struggle, so they busted their ass right harder. Or you know, you'll see it all the time and. On fucking Facebook Marketplace with, you know, rental listings. Yeah. Just even oh, just had something yeah. listed and everyone's like, oh, 900 for that. Da, da, da. Um, so then they use this stupid ass, um, you know, say $1,000 a month and you got two people paying on that. It's like, where the hell are you finding a duplex for $100,000 for one, you dumbass? Yeah, it happening. Two, I think they had the interest rate listed at, you know, point and a half lower than what it truly is for commercial. I'm like, yeah. You people, instead of running your mouth, wasting your time, use that energy to fucking learn the system and go do it. Yeah. 100%, dude. Go do it. Go be a realtor. Go do something to get in the real estate realm. Mm -hmm. Come to fucking Wiscaria. Dude. Learn how to do it with... I don't like the whole... But still. You know, I don't like the whole no money down. Yeah, Yeah. Learn how to do creative real estate... Get into it. Instead, you're going to sit there and be a keyboard warrior talking about everyone else, ripping people off. That's and it, And you dude. don't have any idea what the, what it takes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. 100%. I, dude, that's beautiful. That's so true. I love it. People need to fuck, dude. People need to get educated, dude. They need to understand this shit. It's so hard most to nowadays. Yeah. Most don't want to because if you sit there and like, right. I even said to one girl, I was like, yeah, I'd love to explain real estate to you. I said, but look at this. I said there was just a fourplex in Chippewa that sold for like probably seven fifty range. It was listed for five days. You know that you know what that property is, babe. Oh, this is the one that we've looked at. Sa- Sam and I were offered that house two and a half years ago for five hundred ten thousand. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to remind you. Yep. And that's probably close. Well, no, I ran numbers at like six twenty five, and it made made sense at six twenty five. It made a lot of sense at five ten. Like we were very stupid for passing that up. Mm-hmm. That was the one we, you wanted us to live in, right? Yeah, all right, guys, let me tell you a couple losses. Sam and I passed up on, like, multiple good fucking real estate fourplexes, and that's all we missed out on. A whole lot of fucking money. Yeah. But anyways, keep going. Sorry about that. So, you know, I ran numbers on that yeah. at 750 Yeah. Which is a loss. I oh, mean, I don't care. 100%. Even if you ran everything at 1250 in Chippewa. Yeah. Which you definitely top a rent there. Anyways. It was a loss, so I just ran those numbers. I said, you know, fourplex just sold in Chippewa for seven fifty. Here's what that would cost as a mortgage. Um, and the lady replied back with, "Whoa, something." I'm like, do a little bit of research to yeah. see what the what that shit actually costs. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. When someone sits there and tells you a hundred thousand dollars, maybe looking at just a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, where the hell are you getting a unit for a hundred thousand dollars? One of these people, you think you you can't go buy a house for a hundred grand? How are you gonna buy a damn multifamily yeah, property you know, for a hundred grand? That's another thing I like love seeing too is people like when they see rent totals. My mortgage is less than that. You're not running a business dump shit. Yeah. yeah. Not only that, 
that's 10 years ago that you bought your property. And you know, I guarantee they're not fucking saving for CapEx. They're not saving for right. fucking repairs, maintenance. Right. None of that shit. You're not running a business. Yeah, exactly. Not only that, but you pull out of your savings or mm-hmm. go to your mom and dad or someone else to have your, your water heater fixed. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> because you live paycheck to paycheck. Whatever. Yeah. That's why you have time to sit there and bitch about other people. Mm-hmm. Love that shit. All right, man. Hey, thank you for coming on. I had love a freaking blast. It was a lot of fun, longest episode. This was so much fun. I love it. I'm going to laugh if I look back and this wasn't the longest episode, no. No, it's for sure the longest. I think so. Um, well, guys, uh, check us out on the YouTubes. Uh, leave comments, leave reviews, share the show if you liked it. If you didn't like this show, you're up a damn creek. <laughs> check out uh check out recon go to wisco Re and check out uh, recon 23 register for that if you're interested in coming and learning some things from some really good speakers you have to register if you want food yeah yep what do you got aj where people find you at uh try to stay off social as much as possible that's all right instagram is probably the one i'm on the most or twitter there's twitter there you go. love it i'll give sam the stuff maybe she can post it perfect Thank love you. it be in the bio anything else sam No, that's it. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. See you. See you.